0: Yeah, I see chat gags start to filter in. We got we got Frank Frank on the rocks. The chat king himself says Dr. Thumb- Thunder is the best Dr. Pepper.
1: <laughs> Look, no, it's Mr. Bob because even though he doesn't have his doctorate, he runs that goddamn hospital and you will give him respect.
0: Yeah, Mr. Bob, Mr. Bob. <laughs> I actually, I actually have a running gag going with one of my uh with one of my buddies Kyle Knapp. He's from the Pants Mafia. Yeah. In, gaming Club Gaming Club out of Chicago. Um and uh we find generic like beverages and like to mm-hmm. to like essentially one up each other who finds the best generic beverage and uh i have the winner okay i have the winner for you right now in in the uh, what is my equivalent of a cold open the banter before the show within the sh- that has a show within the show so like we go we go deep it's like inception, inception. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> boom inception noise
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Dude, I I don't know why Inception gets shit on. I actually kind of quite I love enjoy that it. movie. I actually really I'm, like it.
1: No lie, that's one of my top five favorite movies. All no right. bullshit. I love all that goddamn movie.
0: All right, rip rip those of you on headphones. But uh, this is the vodka I found. It is Four Freedoms Vodka. Wow. <laughs> four Freedoms Vodka, and then it says at the bottom, "Made in America with pride." <laughs> this <laughs> vodka. And I bet you ten dollars it's neutral grain spirits like a Kessler's or something like that. It's not okay. even really vodka because usually no. they they talk about multiple distillations on there. No no, 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 there is no multiple distillations on Four Freedoms Vodka. I think that is the-, the American
1: cheese of vodka. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I actually found out that American cheese is is cream cheese and cheddar, like technical yeah. American cheese. So it has. So, oh, go
1: ahead. So fun fact, fun fact, because I was. Okay, weird backstory. Uh, I worked at, it was a gro- it was a manager at a grocery store for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it actually did a lot with cheeses. American cheese actually is not considered a cheese. It's considered a cheese byproduct.
0: Legit? Legit? Yeah, yeah it's right not on. It's not
1: technically because it doesn't have a rind and it doesn't have an aging period.
0: this this tracks. This tracks. All right, we got we got Andrew Yells here too. Hi all. I got my Final Fantasy Seven book club, so I can't stay. <laughs> There's an FF Seven book club. All right, chat gang, you're here. It's uh, it's it. You can tell I'm rambunctious already. One week off, and I'm just like off the walls. I have all of the rants within the rants, within the rant, within yet another rant. But I am the magical Mister Rufisto, of course. Welcome to episode fifty-four of of Rantcast. Uh. I am, as always, the Magical Mr. Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. I am joined tonight by Jared Nyman of the O and five podcast, VP of the Basement Wargamers, and a relatively accomplished, a a, a rather accomplished uh, KO player. But he claims right. to be the total the total package Duarte oh, aficionado.
1: Hundy P son.
0: <laughs> How's it going tonight, man? I'm doing good. How you doing about Ah oh man, I'm I'm living the dream. I am. Nice. It's not my dream, but it is a dream. dream. Yeah, Somebody's And your, your
1: beer o'clock. I'm hitting the rum. I was telling you earlier. I'm 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 rocking. I've got a Kraken for me this evening, and <laughs> if all else fails, I've got Captain Morgan on the shelf.
0: Yeah. See, back in college, so. my my go to was private stock. Um, mm. I, like it was really expensive, but a couple pulls from private stock, and that'll do.
1: It's just got to do the job.
0: Right on, right on. And the mad lad, Soren, popping off. Subs- uh, Subscribe with this tier three sub for ten months now, which is about as long as Rantcast has been running. So thank you so much for that. Damn, man. Daniel. <laughs> Damn, Daniel.
1: Back at it again with the white vans.
0: Dude, that that meme <laughs> gives me gives me happiness.
1: Every time. Like,
0: like you watch the video, it's just someone so happy to, like, uh, man. Ugh. Dude, just, just walk into the school White fans proud proud <laughs> Jared uh, I, so we got of course that's Sean Feather right that's one of your co co-hosts there is in chat yeah eh? uh,
1: Sean Feather is uh, my co-host uh my my hetero love partner and uh uh also the president of the basement war gamers so We've been together since high school. He got me into the hobby in in general through uh, domestic terrorism, which is a whole other story, which is fantastic.
0: Oh my! Do you go into mm. some of those stories on on your podcast? Because you guys, um, you yeah, kinda, I don't want to start comparing shows to my show because that's like just dick move. Like we we're, are we're not as high up.
1: level as your show. No,
0: man. no, no. no.
1: We are dick jokes don't. and and stoned and drunk probably ninety percent of the time. And God save any human being that listened to our first episode.
0: Don't don't build up people's expectations for my show. But i, I was listening to <laughs> I was listening to a couple of your shows, you know, uh, to do research, which I totally do. I totally do that for Rantcast.
1: Um Did you listen to the first one? I hope you didn't. listen No, to first. no, I, I skipped in on guests right that
0: I that I knew. I, I listened to. Uh, I listened to uh, Rage of Sigmar 1 with uh, Joe Pagano. Joe Pagano! Joey? (laughs) Joey Pagano!
1: He went full dad mode in that one. Jesus Christ. He he teed off. Yo, bro, you got to set some boundaries with your wife so that, like, you know, you go to maybe four or five
0: innings a year, and then everything's going to be fine.
1: Like, dude went
0: off. That's not bad. Yeah, you had had, uh, my boy, everybody's boy, your boy, John Rocco, who is... Probably, I used to say that that. So one of the local uh, clubs here, uh, the Wisco Kings, Bryce, uh, he's been on a rankcaster several times. He's actually got the trophy for most appearances. Um, I said if I could adopt one person in the community, it would probably be Bryce. John Rocco is like in contention for that. He's such a fucking darling. Um. I I don't think I've met a, a kinder yeah man. It's amid a community of some of the nicest people on the fucking planet. Like John Rocco's up there too. So. Yeah. Johnny Rocks
1: is a fantastic guy. He's actually part of our club. Uh, he did move into Washington or something like that because because his, his wife's a lawyer. Right. So like they're like smart people. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, uh, but no, John's fantastic. He was on our episode. He talked about Tabletop Simulator, tons of different shit. Right, so.
0: right. Didn't yeah. get
1: a chance to actually play against him while he was here. Bro's
0: dodging me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a that sounds like that's a grudgeon. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> maroc Wolf, hey, how's it going, my buddy? How's it going, my dude? So where's the Sigmarite hammer? <laughs> I like the uh, Laz gun, by the way, someone says. Oh, oh, uh, Soren says. I got you, bro. There they are. There's your hammers. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the, the Zoomy Empress of everything has showed back up. Joanna, how's it going, my friend? Oh, shit. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, um, why don't you tell me actually a little bit about Basement Wargamers, because uh, I didn't realize this was a big deal until we were kind of talking in the pre-show there. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, um, so I'm the uh, vice president of Basement Wargamers, we started, like, as a club, so to speak, as a, a basement club, uh, god, a few years back, Sean and I kind of both started out in high school, and then we didn't start as a club until I came back, maybe, shit, six seven years ago and he if he's in the chat he can tell the actual numbers i'm a fucking moron when it comes to actually remembering time but it was just a uh, small group of us uh we were called the basement war gamers because we played out of sean and his twin brother aaron's basement mm-hmm. uh we used to hold it, they had a big basement too which is nice so we used to hold tournaments down there we could get like up to 12 people it's pretty sick uh and then i want to say three Three to four, three years ago, we uh, decided to take the club into a more semi-professional direction in the sense that we were going to start having dues so that we could start running events. So we could start, you know, really helping not only the community but uh, the people that wanted to be involved in the in the club. So we actually currently have uh, we have a, a full council uh, that's voted on every year by uh, full club members. Uh, so anyone within the club can be the president, vice president, whatever. Uh, we have 60 paying members who pay 40 bucks a year. Uh, with that, they get certain benefits, though, for being within the club, uh, such as we have two uh, uh, friendly local gaming stores that we go to a lot. Uh, we had a third one, but some things worked out around that. Uh, and they give us 20% off GW product. Uh, big shout-out to Model Bon Hobbies. And also, we'll be opening in August a brand-new store. One of our own Basement War Gamers, uh, Mike Dechico, who is also... Uh, on the Owen Five podcast, our, our third wheel, he's going to be opening up his store with another base of gamer named Jordan Bartos, uh, Palladium Games. I want to say sometime in August.
0: Uh, Palladium Games. So, so are are you? I don't suppose he happens to be familiar with Palladium Books, which is an RPG. 100,
1: actually. So they had to make sure it was okay uh, from a licensing perspective. I had had to talk S- to some media's
0: to lawyers. God, my fucking ribs
1: yes. Right so right. everything, okay. everything was cleared. So uh, they're good to go with that. Uh, so the, everyone's been a huge help to us. Uh, like I said, we've been doing... It's 40 bucks a year for, for full members. We have an extended membership for people outside of 30 miles because you're not going to get all the benefits. So, and I think that's reduced to like 15 or 20 bucks. But what it ends up being is you get... Twenty percent off the GW products from our vendors. Also, five percent off any basement wargamers run events. And we were up until COVID hit doing monthly uh, RTTs for for both Warhammer, uh, for Age of Sigmar, and 40k. Mm -hmm. So a
0: bunch of shit. And in case people aren't too familiar with the like tournament scene, what's an RTT?
1: Uh, Rogue Trader tournament was the original one. Basically, small one-day tournaments.
0: Right. Okay. So
1: like three rounds, something simple.
0: One day or three, three years, and you guys. You tend to use the ITC like rankings, or we
1: do. We do. Uh, Pagano's going to kill me for it, but whatever. Uh, we're big fans of the ITC. Uh, uh, we're good friends with Garrett Mulroney and them, so we're actually going to have Garrett on the show at some time soon. Garrett's a good but, dude.
0: He was on Rancast yeah. with uh, with John, and it, it was a good good time.
1: Dude, fantastic, Garrett, James, uh, Alex, all of them, awesome dudes at a uh, left coast Corsairs.
0: Yeah, Alex, I got I I gotta talk to we we talk a lot on Twitter. Like we interact because we both like huge like death homers, like huge like. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So we talk on Twitter. Dude, sick with his death. But I, I I haven't like physically had a conversation with him, so I, I got to get him on the show sometime. I think.
1: Great guys will be awesome guests.
0: Right on, right on. Um... Just, just sorry, catching up with checking there, but yeah, pa- know, yeah, 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 but um, no, see Palladium Books is like uh still my favorite like RPG like set uh like of mm-hmm. stuff. So uh, you like say Palladium, hell yeah, kicks <laughs> up <laughs> some good shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely like, good stuff, good stuff, good taste. Um, but speaking of yeah, ITC, yeah. so so you're like you actually messaged me like a while back, and you're like, hey, if you're gonna talk dwarves, yo. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um but uh but maybe give a give a give chat gang here a little bit of a, a background on on um your experience with dwarves maybe where your where your interest with them started um yeah. you know just just give us the you know yeah, as absolutely. many minutes so, as you need <laughs> <laughs> so interest in dwarves
1: uh, I, uh sad to say i liked elves when i was like a teenager and you know going through that creative phase meh, meh, meh. um yeah nice but then I, I realized I'm a fat, bald, bearded man that enjoys beer uh, and making things. So after a time, I, like when we just... I started getting into dwarves a little bit in Warhammer Fantasy, but not much. I started collecting more of them and not actually playing. I did play old fantasy, but with Empire, mainly at that point in time. And Disgusting. then when Age of Sigmar came out. <laughs> I know. <sad. laughs> I just like cannons and guns, man. Um, <laughs> but then uh, uh, when Age of Sigmar kicked off, Even before points, uh, one of our other buddies, Nick, decided in the club said, hey, do you want to try this out? There's no points, but we'll see what happens. I'm like, yeah, so I've been collecting these dwarves. I figured let's try it out. And then started reading it more into dwarf lore, enjoyed the dwarves a lot. I wanted to see the dwarves come to Age of Sigmar, and then Carriage and Overlords came out, and I fell in love with them. Um, Because it's the steampunk aspect, along with the dwarven aspect, along with, you know, drinking flying piracy guns blowing shit up and being drunk as fuck at the same time it just i loved all of it so then that got me to read more into the lore it got me to be like a hundred percent dwarven individual with everything so that was my that was my big kick and then just reading everything known to man when it comes to to the lore behind dwarves and dwarden and everything
0: see one, one of my one of my like sort of main sort of premises or, or notions about this game is that folks tend to find like that thing that resonates with them and you don't necessarily if you come into aos you don't necessarily find it right away but like yeah eventually something like just hits and you're like this is my jam like this is my thing oh. and it almost like starts to, it's like a like just this resonation between like your personality and like the models or something in the backstory just some thread that just like like you grasp onto and then you like this, like, own it. And then you just, like, own it forever. Everything.
1: K.O. became my spirit animal, to be perfectly honest. I loved everything <laughs> about them. I love the lore. I love the fact that, yeah, they're dwarven, but at the same point in time, they're, like, smarmy, and they're gonna try and trick you out of shit. Well,
0: they're, they're, like, pirates, and, yeah. They're, like, hyper-capitalist space pirates. You know, like, oh, it's... It's
1: fantastic! <laughs> it's... We have rules! Kind of. Like... The rules, but like, how do you interpret the rules? So it's almost like they're they're dwarfs and they're drunk and they're lawyers, kind of. But they're pirates, and there's that whole parlay feel to it. I just, I fucking loved it.
0: Yeah, well, they also really, for me, as a like, I'm I'm an outsider, but over the course of this year, you're just going to be like spewing propaganda. So uh, disclaimer: this is propaganda. For dwarves, tonight, everybody. So, oh, so-
1: dude, elves are baby back bitches. <laughs> personally, they don't know how to hold a gun because they don't have the arm strength. See, um, see, look- those knife ear bastards.
0: Yeah, see, fake racism way better than real racism. Don't be 100%. real racist, right? <laughs> um, no, like I, I, I uh, <sighs> like I, I, um, I don't like. I, I haven't resonated with dwarves. They're they're like mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, I've started to go like okay, I get dwarves now. But younger, I always played the joke in in the Palladium RPGs. I played Rifts, uh, the Rifts Conversion Book. Uh, yeah, that's Palladium twice now. Everybody, so drink. <laughs> um, the first one doesn't count though. I don't think because that was mm. totally on you. All right, um, but the um, the Conversion Book has a line that like there are there are two hundred fantasy elves on on Rifts Earth, and it's like. The joke in my group of friends is like, yeah, and every one of them is one of Mephisto's characters. Like Because <laughs> I played so many of the elves back then. But, like, they got the... Dude, they got bonus initiative and, bonus, uh, and a bonus melee attack. And if you're familiar with the Palladium book system, bonus melee right. attacks are... Very nice. Like they're so. good. I'm more of a
1: D and D. I'm more of a D and D nerd myself. Yeah. Just so so imagine movies.
0: if you have like an extra. If you have bon. If you have a bonus action, an extra like. Bonus actions. Yeah. Yeah, like an extra bonus action every that can be used to for fightan. Like yeah. so. So like they were, and dwarves got like nothing in Palladium's rules. Like they had more hit points and stuff, but like hit points don't matter because armor actually has, uh, like armor takes damage in Palladium systems. You know what I call that,
1: man? You know what I call that? What's that? Racist.
0: <laughs> Racist, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but actually like good on D- Dungeons and Dragons, they finally announced they're doing away with um I know this is like super contentious and-, and this is our first rabbit hole of the night. But they're doing away with like racial racially evil and stuff like Modifiers. that. Like Oh
1: racially evil.
0: Yeah. They're doing away with oh. like things are like racially evil. So like or like drow. Yeah, drow aren't evil. Like, their culture may be evil or whatever, but the race itself isn't, like, born evil. That's so interesting. So I, I think it's a good... I think it's a good it's, direction. It's different. It's different. Um,
1: I can't say it's bad. I can't say it's good at the same time, because there's something about... So I'm, I'm a child of the Forgotten Realms. So all that kind of stuff, they had very distinct stuff. The fact that it was fantasy made it that much more interesting, that you had these drow that were so i'll put it this way the thing that annoyed the shit out of me most whenever you were i'd find anything role-playing was the i'm a drow but i'm a good guy like they are a salvatore stuff like like and everyone was drizdor it's oh, just like, can't you play a bad guy man
0: well Marok wolf is popping off here now the new mad lad he says look at me i am the mad lad now with 10 gift ah. subs Thank you so much. Uh, thank you oh. so much, Maroc man. Cheers, my boy. Cheers, my guy. Damn, absolutely. He's also the winner from the ranties. The uh, the uh, rantcast guest awful. most likely to be a werewolf. So, not That's a fair. not That's a fair. full moon right now. Uh, so is in chat. <laughs> Coincidence? Coincidence? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Mark safe from werewolf attack.
0: Right. Right. No, I see. The thing is like like look about humans, right? Humans can be anything. Like you can have the evil human and you can have the human but like the human yeah, thing doesn't say, oh humans are evil or humans are good. It doesn't no. say any, any but that's that. the that's the
1: neat difference for humans. That's like a very human specific thing. So? And like you can dip into these other these other races and realms and see like here is like smurfnoblin. I'm I'm bringing in uh, or uh, Dwerger. Dwerger naturally evil, smurfnoblin, which were just dark gnomes they were naturally evil, and it was just—it was interesting to see something that is born with that much hate and anger and destruction in it. But
0: we've—I mean—is—is is like anger and destruction? Are these humans possess anger? Is that inherently oh, evil? Fair. Like, right? And and what I'm—what why I will defend it is like it was cool yeah. to see that. But mm-hmm. like we've seen that for fifty years of gaming. Like it's—it's it's okay sure. to go a different direction. Sure. And if you want that Absolutely. stuff in your game, if you want that stuff in your game, just. Put in here, but I think Do about like, I think about my kids now growing up not having to like have this 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 notion of like of like oh I like you are gonna want to play Drizzt in anyway, like you were saying, like you are <laughs> gonna want to yeah. be the good Drow anyway, and, yeah. and to like I I like to yes and my players not know them, you know, that's fair. So and and to enable them to like I think it enables possibilities at the tabletop. I really I, that's yeah. what I think it's doing. I think it's it messes with people's understanding of what they grew up with and there's always pushback against that. Hello H. Well you know Saving what, that's a good world thing. World. Yeah.
1: That's a good thing.
0: It's it, milk activate <laughs> like, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> um, Davis, join in chat there. But yeah, yeah, like you're saying, I, I think it's good to like to like kinda check yourself periodically. Yeah. Like we because we've been running we've been ru- like running games this way for this long, is that still the best way to run it? Yes. No. And like again, on your at your table, do whatever the heck you want. Oh, dude, 100%. 100%. You know, like with 100%. with consenting adults playing games together, you know, but like we're getting into this like social era of RPGs. Yeah. Where we're playing more and more RPGs and it's just on my mind because of all the Soulbound stuff. But like we're, We're playing more and more games with strangers. And I think giving strangers an even keel...
1: It makes it more interesting. gives more options. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Speaking of Soulbound and speaking of uh, KO propaganda, uh, KO seemed pretty fucking nasty in Soulbound. as as like ranged attackers and stuff. Just looking at some of those rules. They look kind of nasty.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? I I, I got caught reading yeah. and listening at the same time and it was just like <laughs> short uh,
1: The soulbound rules for KO seem pretty fucking nasty.
0: Dude, they get the best equipment. It's like exactly. them and, and Stormcast and if if you want like certain builds, you'd rather be KO. Um,
1: Absolutely. You want to shoot something to death? Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah like if you want to be like a dual wielding like gun pirate, you're, you you want to play KO. They have the best guns.
1: And I'm and, sorry, who doesn't want to be a dual-wielding gun pirate?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's one. Joanna, she it. says, my one match of AOS as skeletons I've played was against KO, and I got slaughtered. Yeah.
1: That happens, unfortunately. That's surprising, though. What? Uh, I'd like to know what she was running.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... So, I was had a problem with that. While she catches up with the chat delay, um, see, I started playing Age of Sigmar, uh, many of and m- many a chat gang know I started playing like right before the LON tome came out, so which is yes. essentially like sort of right after the KO book came out. Um, and Clown Car was kind of like really taking over. Um, so
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in there afterwards, but successfully, I never ran Clown Car. Really? When I ran, when I did well at tournaments it wasn't because of clown car. See, I think the last Nova I did well with a clown car but it wasn't straight clown car. I never ran Zelfin. Mm. I ran Mornar. So clown car wasn't wasn't in it. tactically clown car didn't work as well for me.
0: See, I like I actually like I so I grew up in a landscape and I have the type of brain and I think one of the things that like makes me a little bit different from like some of the other AOS players out there is like I enjoy the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like I love yeah. the like tactical puzzle of like of like trying to figure having to figure things out. Ko for me, it, especially since I wanted to run Nagash, and you are going here is thirty like here is Ren two shooting. <laughs> get wrapped. Oh, I have a story for you, right? Like, like I don't yeah. like I don't care about your mortal wounds, but the Ren two shooting like did, 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 and like I am too slow to ever possibly get to you. This is when uh, this is one so like re- re- summoning was like res points and stuff like that, like. Like, it's not going to happen. Um but like so so like I had to like solve the puzzle of KO and this is where like my level uh I was experimenting with uh with Morgas Harbinger's and I had oh, yeah. two two Morgas wipe out 30 Arcanaut companies off the charge.
1: Oh Dude, we're not. We're not, killed, not. We're not. But that's the thing is like
0: it's, it's like they that's could Fire Slayer territory, man. We don't touch that. But the thing is they could fly what was it, nine inches, and charge 3D6, I got an 11-inch charge, and, like, like with their small footprint, I managed to land them just in the 30 not Company, which were, like, screened by, I don't even remember what. There's, so, like, some terrain or something like that. I don't remember what it yeah. was. Um, yeah. And just, like, plowed them in and killed something like 22 of them, and the rest got shocked off the table. I'm like... Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but like, that's the thing is like, I wouldn't have had that moment if I'm just like, oh, screw clown car. I'm afraid to like it counters my army. Like, you to work the puzzle to like try to solve like, okay, you know, a guy's playing clown car in my local meta. Yeah, I have to know how to beat this, even though it's better than even though it's a, a better quote unquote or a hard counter to my army. Um, mm-hmm. And it, 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 that's what eventually landed me on black knights, and why I, to this day love black knights. Like, it's just like, dude,
1: they're great. Like, I've had black knights run rickshaw through my lines. Nasty. Yeah, I, I, and and with, now with the uh, the mercenary company, what is it, the black rose or something like that, hmm. where you can run those dudes in there? It's that's gross for a mercenary company. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, so I'll say the one thing I think that that kept me away from clown car was local meta Sean, uh, who I play a lot. Uh, he ran corn, and he was the guy that would run like a hundred and twenty blood letters. So like he'd flood the field, and if I tried clown car, I got nowhere to deep strike into. So I kind of stayed away from that from the beginning, and and I, because of that, I didn't fall into the in my mind the trap of a clown car.
0: Well, and and th- there you are, you're you're solving puzzles there, right? Like now yeah. you have a puzzle to solve because your local meta, you've got a, a player who's like woke to your clown car shenanigans, and so now you have to like yeah. you have to mix it up. So this this goes back what about three years? Then would have been that version of KO now, right? Like, oh, yeah. That yeah, I,
1: I've been with them since the beginning.
0: Right. So what, what I was trying to mention kind of early is they they struck me in that time period, like, oh, this is Age of Sigmar. You know, I, yeah. had, I had played Warhammer Fantasy Battle, I think we pinned it down to like 5th edition, 4th or 5th edition, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like middle school, like 1997, you know, like mid, mid-90s. Ooh. Uh, up up into the the early aughts, and then I went off to college and um and played uh and played forty k because that was the game there uh to forty k um <laughs> I, I started in forty k man
1: I understand yeah, yeah. No, I
0: understand no I I am not I you know new forty k is coming out you know if you guys are happy about that I will never yuck somebody's yum get at it have fun you know I I will I'm not that guy but I am going to meme on it, and you just got to accept it. <laughs> and like...
1: can I just say, I love the fact he use the term yuck somebody's yum. Yeah. Because I never heard of that until our one buddy, Rowdy, who we were going to have on the show, yeah. who is a character in and of himself. He always he, – we call him the uh, the master yum-yucker general because that's all he says. I'm not yucking your yums, buddy. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Um. I knew it because there was a porn store in Milwaukee who used it as their slogan. And not that I ever shopped there. My friend worked there. But... That's hey, porn, another- porn store or porn star? Porn store. Oh. Um, mm. yeah. yeah. So... My buddy
1: you know, that worked at a porn store, he said it was the, the, the best time of his life. This was the weirdest shit yeah. he ever saw.
0: I've no, I, I don't know too much about it, honestly. That's not my, uh... It's not my yum either. <laughs> I'm I'm very generic, vanilla, lame kind of guy, but uh.
1: Oh man, you gotta open I up know, those. I know. Open up those, those windows, bud. Yeah. Get out yeah. there. Yeah,
0: maybe. Yeah, holding hands. Oh. <laughs> 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 <You can't>. <laughs> <laughs> holding hands. Yes. Ooh. Walking the dogs together. <laughs> like, that's that's my that's my that's my kink, baby. <laughs> Um, oh, no, uh, keep the magic, man. yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> but the uh, no, no, so like KO, um, and buried, already bearing the lead here. Um, no, KO were like that army that when I came into it, I'm like, this is the difference between fantasy and you know, what AS- AOS is. It, yeah, it let me know that they were going over the top with everything like this is mm-hmm. they're turning it all to 11 they're going crazy with it um
1: i mean stormcast was kind of a uh a hint at that with the 80s heavy metal uh vibe to it yeah yeah with, a little everything bit had a sick guitar riff every model had a sick guitar riff and lightning behind it that was that was every stormcast oh, model yeah. and first wave you,
0: you could almost imagine like the the bill and ted's like yeah like the guitar shred and yeah. then they show up with the lightning
1: like, like every single, every single uh, 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 storm host comes down to a sticks opener.
2: <laughs> Just, like
1: every single one of them.
0: Right on. Yeah, yeah. No, exa- yeah. Okay, fine. Like they were teasing it. It, it had the like vibes of like gr- Greek mythology too to it. Like yeah. so, it's so all that was there. Um, but yeah, like Ko was like that. Because up until then I mean even with my death army I was playing the stuff I could have been playing if I played during the end times, right? Nagash yeah, yeah, was definitely. a new sculpt to me, but he wasn't a new sculpt to Age of Sigmar. And, yeah. Like for the record totally holds up. But
1: he does. It's a bitchin model. And it there's is. been some great conversions with him too.
0: Oh yeah, like um uh what's her name on that? I think it's Lori. Her, mm-hmm. her her conversion on Twitter with like Nagash or, like with the pimp cane up over the shoulder like it's sick. Like it's sick really freaking awesome. Um it, like you've got like Throne Board Throne Nagash. Like there's there's all kinds <laughs> of uh there's...
1: I love Board Throne Nagash. I think that's my favorite.
0: Yeah. Yeah, board like board like not even looking yeah. at you. Yeah, like late yeah. back. Yeah, the... My only
1: my only gripe with Nagash is the fact that in the audiobooks they didn't get the guy that did Skeletor to do his voice. Like that that bothers me more than anything else, I think. See, I
0: I don't hear sel- Skeletor. Like that every nyah, time. You, do you? Every time, every damn you,
1: Sigma, like
0: every time.
1: <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah, I don't want to be good. I want to be evil.
0: Like that. That's Nagash to me. See, I don't know. I, I'm gonna let you hold that. You you can, you can have that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the. That's fair, that's fair. You you can have that. But no, I I uh, no, I I don't. Even, I haven't thought long about who I. I'd want it to be like Hugo Weaving because okay. I want him to do every voice ever, like whether you like now, the now which v- Hugo Weaving V for Vendetta, more... V for Vendetta, for Vendetta? or okay. or or Full Matrix.
1: Yeah, Agent like, Smith, that's yeah, like like making, Smith. like humanity makes me sick.
0: Yeah, like that kind of Can't you imagine Hugo Weaving? You know, like you're a, you're filth, Mister Anders. You're filth, Mister Sigmar. Like. Do you hear it that? Works. Do you hear that? That's not the lightning bolt of, of your re- like redemption. That is the train of inevitability. <laughs> like, <Literally>. just like... <laughs> like, I just I that.
1: See it. I see. But when I see that model, all I can think of is... yeah. That's that's it. That's the only sound when I see that model in his face going... Nyeh! It's just that... yeah. <laughs> I can't make it a deep voice. It's so hard.
0: Man, but he's huge. She's he's said. like looming. Like, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, I digress. Um, I think <laughs> I, I, go for I go for um, like like uh, I go for Agent Smith. Like, Nagash. No like, really long, drawn out, deep. I'd love to see it. I'd love it's to see it. I'm yeah. in. I'm sold. Right on. Right on. See, at least I pled my case to the jury. So yeah, that's all yeah. that matters. All right. So so Ko um mm. and a little. So so you're really, really, like, in on, on the KO. You have some experience with Fire Slayers, and, like, you've got some opinions yeah, yeah. On, on, like... I've got every... So,
1: so like, Chaos Dwarves, Fire Slayers, Cities Dwarves, I do pretty much anything that's got a short-bearded, stunty man that likes to drink beer. That's but pretty much I'm in.
0: But it's the KO that you're on the ITC rankings at, like, three. <laughs> like yes! At some time yes. one. <laughs> yeah. Right on.
1: A couple years back, yeah, yeah. That was me. I, uh, uh... I've been at least every year in the top three for KO, and I think that's mainly just because I'm the only one that likes to play them during tournaments. But uh, uh, I digress. I enjoy it. Uh, Last year, Nova, I think I went three and two. Yeah, I went three and two with KO at Nova. Um, I can I can almost average three and two in just about any tournament with KO. So that's been my my big kick with them. Hmm. I. But yeah.
0: See, see, when you mentioned like that, like it's just because you play them the most in tournaments. Like uh, uh, Saint Vicious from uh, from League of Legends fame, uh, he has a yeah. quote on ranking systems in in gaming that that I think is brilliant. He says that essentially, Elo or ranking systems are a measure of progress, not skill. Like, that's, yeah, absolutely. that's his quote. And so, like, absolutely. Like I, I understand Joe What was it, Joe, Joe? Pagano was, like, apprehensive a little bit to the ITC. I, I get some apprehension. Yeah. Um, personally, they're not for me. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't, like, feel I need to measure myself in such a manner. But no, for the people right. out there who do want that pro- progression, I get it. Yeah. And so, like, I can't. Like, I was a grinder in, in in League of Legends. You know, proud of my like platinum, diamond accolades. You know, like, I played
1: I'm, year one. I know what you mean. It's, yeah. It's, so, like,
0: yeah. I like I get it. But then it, it's also like it's you know it's it's again you, you're it's it's awesome for people who want it. And I think it's yeah. I think that we have a natural proclivity in in competition to want to look at the numbers. Like mm-hmm. we just we want to see the numbers.
1: There are so many statistics shows and statistics breakdowns that did not have something like an ITC. I think would be would be a burden on the
0: or on with, the populace. Or, or, you or what was something right? Or what you know what was conversation like before LLV did the LLV stats right?
2: Exactly. Like, exactly. Like,
0: yeah, Joel uh, Joel McGrath in, in in Australia can take Beast of Chaos four and one every time right now. But their yeah. their stats, you know, showing around a forty percent win that's rate. That's information you you'd like to compile with when you're trying to like think. Hey, am I getting a false read on these numbers? Are these numbers legit? Is it closer to something? Blah blah blah. But to even begin to have that conversation, you have got to have some some litmus test. Some message. you need
1: some statistics.
0: Right. And honestly, and this is what
1: the, the so. And you heard with the show, but the one big thing we talked about in terms of ITC ranking. It's a personal journey more than anything else to see, hey, can I get up in these ranks? It's not, um, how am I compared to this other dude? Whatever. I don't know half of these people on this list. Some of them I do just from going to tournaments, and it's great. And what's cool there is I get to see their name. And I'm like, oh, okay. I kind of want to talk to that guy because they're really good at this army. I'm going to know why they're good at this army, yeah. at least in terms of ranking. So I can talk. It's, it brings a mode of conversation. And then for someone like us who have a big gaming group, we look at ITC more for the team score than we do for individual. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, like everyone, I'm going to tell you right now that the reason our podcast is called 0 5 is not an incident. Most of our guys, myself included, we're not that terribly good at the time. <laughs> we're in it to have fun. And Owen 5 is actually named after uh, uh, my one good friend, Sean's cousin, Don, and then our buddy, Rowdy, who consistently at tournaments go 0 5. So we call him Owens.
0: Owens, like Owen, like, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, and whatever. Like Owen Wilson,
0: uh, like Owen. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so having that, and even, even going on five, just coming out and getting some points, you're adding to a team score, you know, yeah. and then just something like that, that team atmosphere made it more interesting for us and it made it, and, and I get how people are like, standoffish. You don't want that kind of player, but like, my hope, at least with the club and with everything that's going along, we can sh- start to show people: look, you can go, you can have fun, you can do well, and not be a douchebag about it. Well,
0: the, and I, I mean, think the, that's the most important the, part. Yeah, the most important part: not being a d bag. No, I, I yeah. think the um, I, I I think like all stats, someone has to contextualize numbers. Absolutely, Some, like you have to, and and mm-hmm. that that's the 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 the, the classical try hard, I'm. I'm fifth in the ITC rankings with the, my army, I'm... Blah, blah, blah. That, that archetypal person, that that sort of beard, as they're known, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, uh, th- that type of... They don't of... knock the beard. <laughs> uh, it's only out of jealousy. This is the most I can ever personally grow in. Um, my evil goatee, you know? Like, the, the, em- the emphasis goatee, as I call it. Like, just like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. like I get to... Mm, excellent, excellent. <laughs> Good point, good point. Um uh, yeah. Or, or, like, I just do something evil, and I'm just like, <laughs> 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 like... you gotta Like, if I didn't have the goatee there, the evil laugh, doesn't like, it's not complete. It's, you got uh,
1: nothing, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, no, like, contextualization for numbers. That's one of the most relevant, or one of the most important parts. The person who loses themselves in the numbers probably doesn't have a great contextualization around it. They don't have their friends yeah. saying, hey, we're in this together, hey, this isn't a measure of, of like, skill... You know, it's a measure mm-hmm. of this or like, hey, like, hey, I'm third and this guy's fourth. Well, what's our difference there? Uh, opponents yeah. uh, in a head-to-head, fourth guy beats third guy every time. What's going? You know, what's going on? Is yeah. it a scene they're playing in? Contextualization. Being able to like look at some of that stuff helps you get a more complete picture of of the game, of your personal journey, where you want to go, what you're trying to do. Um, I get yeah. it. The the problem I personally had that that when I did like League of Legends and stuff is I went yeah. full grinder. And all I cared about was the number. Games quit being fun yeah. for me. And I think that's the dark side of an ITC ranking. Um,
1: yeah, the second a game doesn't become fun, and this is something I want to I call out specifically, because it's something I see a lot at tournaments, and specifically with 40k tournaments. I'll say this. When you go to a tournament, and the second you lose, you drop out. That's not what the game should be about. If the game is about, oh, if I don't go 4-1, and one, I'm just going to quit. Then that's not that's not a reason to play the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The game. If anything, you should be a growth thing. I almost think of it like like weightlifting. You should never go against someone else in weightlifting. Like, oh, I can lift two hundred. Oh, I can lift two fifty. That doesn't matter. It's a personal journey. Like, hey, this year I was able to get top and KO because like. I really like KO. That's my, gr- my group. I want to see how far I can get in the ranks for KO. And Maybe one year I get top end. One, maybe one year I get second or whatever. But that's it's a personal gauging. I don't look at another person and say, oh, I am better or worse than that person. And you shouldn't. And I feel like the other piece to ITC is a lot of people look at that and say, oh, well, I don't want that type of person at my tournament. Mm. And realistically, you're going to get a tryhard at a tournament regardless if they're ITC-ranked or not. It does not. And statistically, it does not increase or decrease the amount of try-hard douchebag that comes to a tournament.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So you're going to have assholes that show up because that's all they have for their life. Is I need to beat this guy. I need to beat this 16-year-old kid into the ground. So no matter what if there's a ranking if there's not a ranking you're going to have that and i think that's what it comes down to yeah, I, that's what the fear is a lot of times that i see ranking
0: right and and i i choose not to live my life with fear personally speaking like when it comes to like especially games especially games like i'm not going to fear the worst case scenario i know mm. that when i came over i came over from a competitive like M, uh, mtg uh, competitive, like, shooters, uh, MOBAs, and fighters. Like, I, mm-hmm. I wear it where it was the grind, and it was a direct, like, core, like, I, to be the best, I have to beat this person. To, my yeah. journey is irrelevant unless I'm winning. Like, that, like, where, where it's not fun unless I'm winning.
1: And, and that's not and the reason to get into I, this hobby. I,
0: I I understand it in AOS. I'm not going to tell people how to, if, if winning is, is fun for you, and that's all you care about, like, cool but but then just like i respect that you have fun only winning you gotta respect the people out there who just want to play their favorite models you gotta you you gotta respect that and i for the most part i do think that the that those top table i'm here to win it all type players do respect uh yeah a lot of them do do respect the other i think it goes i think it the the i think they do the top top Gear players or top tier players tend to respect the lower tier players because at the very least they're, they're free wins, right? Ha! Huh? Like I don't have to hate you or scorn you if I get a free win off of you because no, all I care about no. is winning.
1: But and a lot of them are out there to try and help out the community. Yeah, it would help because they can at.
0: only be as good as their best competition. It's yeah. it, like you you stagnate in 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 the face of no competition. Like you have to yeah. have great competition to measure yourself against. So like even the competitive players like they want you to be better at the game. They want some of the, the best coaches. In terms of coaching while you're playing against them, are some of the are the ones who are great? You think that they're just trying yeah. to like gotcha you, and no, they're like oh, like uh, like Brad Schwant, uh, Relian, like Detroit Warhammer Club. You know, he he won what Midwest Meltdown was two years in a row, might have been going for three this year, something like that. Like uh, yeah, he like if you play against him, he, he like he he rewired my brain on takesy backsies because again, I came from competitive Magic where like somebody doesn't tap their land all the way judge like that (laughs) i had to rewire my entire brain thinking people were trying to get one over on me and i play against like this one of the best players in our in our in our entire area who's just and and like i i watched him go on on twitter and talk about like oh i'll let people like would you have used your your hag queen cop like would you have Mm -hmm. used it all right then calculate combat like you'd have used it like now, uh, personally, yeah. I, I need that's that. a
1: test on themselves, too. Right. Because it's like they don't want to feel like it's a cheap win. They want you to play to you the best you right. can. Right. To see what can I get out of
0: this. So, right.
1: yeah.
0: Right. And so I've actually, like, before I, my, like, I was like, oh, you know, yeah, like, takesy backsies are reasonable within a certain threshold. And now it's like, yeah. oh, like, you would have cast the buff, like, in your hero face? Well, just roll the dice real quick. Like, I, I don't even care. It doesn't, like, you moved your model's combat starting. You're like, oh, I forgot to cast my buff. I'm like, dude, cast it. I mean, I've gotten a guy, yeah. so I'm just going to, like, <laughs> Dikembe Mutombo that shit I, I, anyway.
1: But... No, no, no. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, no, no. My house. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, like, go ahead, roll the dice. Like, I don't, because I'm not there, I, I don't know, I, I've ended up in this liberating place where I don't feel I have anything to prove anymore. Yeah. And that's really arrogant to say, but it's like no, but I, no one should. I'm a social gamer at this point, like yeah. this, this stage. Like I'm playing to, to to talk to people, play have fun. Like I will play uh, as hard a game as you want. Um, like I I want that puzzle solving to be tested myself and stuff like that. But I'm able to go that turn zero interaction. Go, hey, what type of game do you want, man? Like,
1: yeah, and look, if you're into Warhammer, with something to prove you're the wrong damn hobby. I mean, realistically, look, in games workshop. It's not a game built on a hundred percent balance. And I think anyone that thinks that is, is, is blinding themselves. Like, it's not the point of that. Like you're playing for fun. Yeah. You're playing because here's a, you're having a social interaction with another individual for two hours, three hours, maybe tops. Mm-hmm. If you're not having a good time and bantering with that person and making a new friend, you're not in the hobby for the right reason. Not... I go to a tournament. Every time I go to a tournament, I think, how drunk can I get and how many new friends can I make? Yeah. Those are the two most important things to be at a tournament.
0: Yeah, you're you're, you're to not do you're not speaking like the like third-ranked tournament. ITC KO player right now. Uh, this is wait. Uh, I do not respect the, the not nearly chippy and uh, cruel enough. I don't like this. <laughs> no. no! um that's the way
1: tournament players should be though man like yeah. like anyone playing a tournament if you're in it and you're like and you're having an anxiety attack about dice rolls you're in the wrong fucking hobby
0: bud <laughs> no I, I i like um like i said i do i i i gotta i am open about my competitive bias i want to win because there's a win condition so i'm gonna play to yeah. win but, yeah but like, it's not the only thing I'm playing for. And that's, yeah. and that was something, again, it took me a while to rewire my brain. I was just like, that magic, judge, like, uh, l- lose day one, dr- like, drop. Like, I can't, I can't make, I can't split to top eight, or I'm not going to win a prize. Like, True. what the heck, get out of here.
1: And that, and Warhammer, that's not, that's not the way to be. That's not the way to be
0: at all. I, 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 to, and the, to be fair, I don't really, I don't really catch that many people either.
1: No, no, in AOS specifically, I don't see that. I see it more in 40k, unfortunately. Mm. But I think thats that's road to change, too. You know, it's it's just all the cool people came to AOS. I mean, that's, unfortunately...
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Alex here, Vanilzas, uh, is like, um, he's destroying my KO narrative. I would expect him to um-actually everyone from deployment or point out, <laughs> it's as written. <laughs> <laughs>
1: According to the code, Alex. (laughs) No, dude. So I played art, So it's stealthy, sneaky bullshit. And I'm gonna drink and see when you do something wrong, and then shoot you for it. So that's what it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's more like guideline. Right. So, so I guess. Um, how do you want to start? uh, Proceed talking about Ko. You want to talk about the fluff and the narrative? Uh...
1: (laughs) I can do any of that. Um, fluff wise, I think it's really interesting. You take. A race of individuals, the dwarven race, if you look at old fantasy, it's very staunch, it's very traditional. And when the end times came, half the dwarves were like, fuck this, we're sticking around. The other half the dwarves were like, that's fucking stupid. Uh, we're just going to let chaos run over us? No, we're going to build fucking awesome shit skyships because we're geniuses. And we're going to go into the sky and we're going to wait until this whole thing fucking blows over. It's it's the classic Shaun of the Dead thing. We're gonna go to the Winchester when this whole thing blows over, and that was the KO mindset. And then they waited it all out. So so the fact that they built skyships, they built a mercantile company. It's something so different from the the <laughs> religious based aesthetic of everything in terms of Warhammer. You take this group that's like, eh, fuck it. I like science better. And then we're gonna make some skyships and go in the cloud. Science. Clouds. Yeah. Science for the win every time.
0: Yeah. Like they're and- they're on the ba- it's the, the, the old meme where like the scientist is on the <laughs> bathtub surfing with the goggles and just says, Science! 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 What have you done? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, it's it, and that's that's the pieces to KO I love. Yeah. They decided that you know what, fuck it. We're gonna go in the sky, we're gonna build some shit. And then everyone's like, Well, where's the king? Where's the thing? Fuck them! Fuck the oligarchy. We're just gonna base off of how cool are you? What do you do for us? And it came off of that. It came off of and and for this time period where we talk about we're getting rid of you know people that have been oligarchs and people that have been brought into things of dictators and shit. Ko's your shit, man. It's all a meritocracy. How good are you at the thing you do? It's what we wish our shit was built off of.
0: Right. Yeah, like it, there's a little bit of that like um, uh, uh, Bioshock Infinity thing too, like very, like no very, gods, very only Atlas dwarves, shrugged. like yeah. Yep,
1: it's very Atlas shrugged. It's it, like, like let's bring science to an area where there is no limits and see what we can build. So it's very Atlas shrugged, a uh, very Ayn Rand, um, and and with the steampunk aspect, I loved it. I, I'm a sucker for a good steampunk. Right on. And. Right. It was so interesting to me. I didn't like it at first as an old school dwarf person, because obviously anything new, any changes for a dwarf sucks ass. But the fact they took dwarves that are such a mountain ground dwelling race and said, fuck it, we're gonna go in the air. Like that's such a bold,
0: like well, dick shot move
1: from GW.
0: It, it it's such a it it really is though, because they but they yeah. took they took something that people would buy from dwarves. Right. I mean, Who we're looking at work. We're looking at with like LRL when LRL came out and I'm, I'm pro, Bitch, I'm pro oh. Lumineth, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm, pro, I'm pro Lumineth.
1: Lumineth no, no, no. I'm, I'm for them.
0: Uh, I'm for them. But like mm-hmm. some people are like, these aren't my elves. These aren't my elves. Right. Like the whole, there's that pushback. These aren't elves. They don't seem LV enough. Um, so in that respect, you should kind of like them a little bit if they're the elves that aren't elves. Uh, but ah, no, they're still elves. Fuck um, them. Sorry. All right. Uh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. But uh, but th- what they did is like when Ko, they're like, oh yeah, they go to the sky. They don't dwell in mountains. But they 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 really hammered on that thread that like they're they're the engineers. Yeah. Right.
1: And yeah, if it was he- the engineering guild. It's the the children of Grungni. That's the big thing. You t- you take Fire Slayers which was one of the big openings uh, opens in AOS and that was like, okay, this is Grimnir 100%. Yeah. And and for someone like me that was into the engineers, into the cannons, into the handgunners, I'm like, where's Grungni in all this? Yeah. And then KO came out and I'm like, there he is. That's my boy.
0: Right. And then so- and then like you said they've got that like Anne Rand vibe, which is where it mm-hmm. fucking belongs in fantasy and not reality. Absolutely. So, yes. like hell yeah, let's go. Um Actually, kicker, real quick before we get too far away from his comment, uh, he says yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it makes sense to drop for me uh, to drop in a card tournament because it's so easy to find other games. You can drop an MTG or Pokemon and jump to a side tournament instantly uh, and play a game with less pressure riding on it. I actually agree with that. And that's that. fair. I understand
1: I, that. I, understand I actually that. agree with that. Yeah. I, I would do that. I, I mean, I think that's MTGs what... are very different overall from from what. Uh, MTGs overall, the gameplay experience is very different from what you get from a tabletop war game. It's true. You're getting a very short interaction with another individual. It's not like most Magic games go that terribly long. With the Warhammer game, you're making a pact with another person that I have to interact with this person for the next hour and a half at the least. Unless it's me playing against Drogue Cryer at my first Nova and he kills me in 15 minutes. But beyond that, you have this pact with this other individual of you know, I have to interact with this person for the next at least an hour. In MTG, you don't have that, so drop, go for it, have a fun game.
0: Yeah, yeah, right on. Thanks for hanging out with us, Alex. Oh, uh, yeah, Joanna says, uh, to me, the best take on dwarves in fantasy is that they're the most technologically advanced in the world, so KO fit that rather perfectly. Um, so in that aspect, I like it. 100 agree. Up. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with her there, too, where it's just you take that, like, the the one half of something people will buy from dwarves is they're technologically advanced, and as long yeah. and they just like they hammer uh, that thread home, and so I think that helps sell the ko. Uh, where mm-hmm. you you're we're seeing some pushback with 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 lrl. These aren't elves because they're looking for something to be elf like, in in the it's, way that is like super elfy. But they you know, where dwarves have this you know the you know their scottish beer drinking technologically advanced stereotypes right like they they have this this stuff this 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 like sort of mythos that's kind of baked into mm-hmm. like what their identity is as fantasy um yeah elves have a i think they they have a little bit more of a ambiguous um yeah fantasy understanding because you go with like a more yeah. of a like a uh you know Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale elf or do you go with like Spoiler, people go with a Tolkien elf. That's what yeah. most people's vision of an elf is. And so, you know, what is a Tolkien elf? Well, it's a lot thinner than, um, you know.
1: But, I, I mean, I, and I'll say this, and this is the only time I'm going to defend an elf, first off. Number one, this is, here you go. Uh, one interesting thing I think Games Workshop has done with all of these races, when they build up a new race, they find an aspect of one of the old races, and they build an army around it. Like, if you look at dwarves at that, you take an aspect of the original dwarven race, the, the the slayers. Like, it was a wonderful concept, great backstory, and they decided to make an army out of it. Mm-hmm. With KO, you take an engineer. They take one engineer and a cannon, or they're like, I want to make an army out of an engineer and a cannon. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. KO. Yeah. And, and I think with with elves, it's a little bit harder... But you're seeing that between Aiden and Theepkin, you're seeing that within luminous realm lords with the the light aspect and the elemental aspect and the very Persian Asian themes that are built into yeah. them that, that are just interesting. And and if you look at a lot of the Asian, uh, the not the Asian, but the Elven backstories, they have a very Asian esque root to them with a lot of the honor codes and the the understanding of of, of, of
0: Connection you to know. nature and land and nature stuff like that. and That's
1: wonderful things and art and a lot more pictures and shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, like Asian culture developed literally a thousand years ahead of like sort of Western society. Absolutely, right? like, and, and and
1: even with like Persian culture and stuff like that, you see those advancements there, and those. Those you see aspects of that in the Lumina Realm Lords, which I think is something that's really interesting that uh, Games Workshop's done with building out a lot of their new
0: races. I, I agree, and I think at even a surface level with with uh, Lumina Realm Lords, uh, you know, before we get back to talking how sweet dwarves are, um, of course, is I think they they took I'm this... getting a little sick talking about elves. Yeah, I know it's kind of sucky um, for the dwarf episode. Um, <laughs> but come on, the best part of like the best part of the Lord of the Realms films is the relationship that matures between Legolas and and and. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh why am Gimli. i thank you Gimli. i wanted to call him gamji and i'm like that's not you. it i don't know man i told that's you that, that's the hobby that's same I, I know I'm just, I'm just like come on um no i i i, <laughs> I know which, which not to go off topic but where the fuck are the
1: halflings and all
0: this well squats right? why didn't like, they
1: do more with the uh, uh cities that's the only halfway way that stuff
0: yep. yeah yeah i want I, to see
1: more halflings
0: they they mention them in some of uh, still a little bit in in some of the city's books as I re- or in some of the city's stories as I recall. Like, oh yeah, they definitely. Talk about like them, um, but yeah, no army. Um, I don't know. They're playing blood Bowl. True, <laughs> true, Frank. Um, no, I. But like the one of I think the common we talked about like how like. Elf, like, what is elf? The winners, like, when we say what is dwarf, we have like a pretty decent stereotype of like dwarf, and elf has yeah. this sort of like a little bit of a disconnect, a little little muddling because you have like sort of fairy tale versus a lot dwarf. of different
1: aspects. A yeah.
0: yeah, the the nature connection I think is one of the ones no. that that thread that remains,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and in that respect, I think they've stayed honest to it. They've shifted the nature from the trees to like. This notion of the zenith, the moon, um, and the mountains, and so on and so forth. They made them into, like, earth, air, fire, water benders, which is awesome. Come on. Couldn't be more timely uh, for what's on Netflix, which just got brought to Netflix. But, like, I'm for it because, like, it, it, like people getting caught up on the what nature? Oh, mm-hmm. trees? Oh, it's not trees. These aren't my elves. I think are really doing a disservice to the, just the notion of, like, they have a connection to nature, and that's a worthy part of their what it is to be an elf. This
1: one... I can't say I can't say I agree with Games Workshop's interpretation of the different elements, like doing battle cow with a mountain on top of him. I think it's kind of fucking stupid. But uh I hate that model. I hate oh that model God. with a passion.
0: Love it's it. See, you can, tell, you can tell you can tell I played the elves out. growing up, right? Exactly. And not the dwarves, and you're <laughs> like, I love it. Yeah, Go, continue. No, you're the yeah. guest though. Come yeah. on. What's your point?
1: But I I, I feel like they could have done more like so if I pull this back to D and D. I feel like they could have focused more on like Ganassi, like Air Ganassi, you know, oh, I see. Genassi, yeah. and doing something in that way instead of Battle Mountain Cow. If if but I that's, may, it's minor bullshit, but you know, if
0: if I may, I feel like the challenge there is that might have been a bit more appropriative, whereas a mountain that is a cow is just pretty like, yo, know, what's up? It's
1: yeah, you can't really copyright that too easily.
0: Yeah. Um... <laughs> Take over Mars, my 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 friend here, with five uh, gift subs. This is the gift sub day, apparently.
1: Ooh, Thank nice. you so
0: much. Getting all these awesome, awesome emotes that the channel gets to keep forever. Woo! Out in full force. All the mad lads taking over. Alright. I'll drink to that. We'll
1: do a special shot for it, too. We're talking dwarves, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's my boys. I got my basement war gamers shot glass Mm
0: -hmm. and y'all and remember y'all can drink uh milk or water you don't need to be healthy take care of yourselves
1: (laughs) i mean you can if you're underage but beyond that don't be a bitch it's
0: just dwarf episode oh man (laughs) (laughs) just all the fire coming from you my man (laughs) um sorry yeah um they're making up for me as I just bought a house and I am poor right now. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, when you can't carry yourself, Absolutely. you get someone else to carry you the rest of the way, right? Absolutely. Right. Um still yet to get an NB emote. Tell Frank, um if we get if we can get partner, we got a next set, we got some uh, emotes, we got to we got to get in the chamber. Frank, get on an NB emote. I'm not sure what an NB is. Um, not I'm sure. Sorry. sorry. I'll go with it. All right. Um Oh, um I think I know. Um, oh yeah, like uh, a non-binary for pride. I think, uh, yeah, uh, a non-binary. I think, um, the, uh, the term I've seen going around a lot now is, uh, is, uh, what is it? Uh, my, uh, was it marginalized genders? I think is the one that they're starting to go with. I I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get woker. I really am. Um,
1: like you do the best you can with what you got right. I and, and it, it's something not to get down that stream obviously but the uh, to talk about with everything that's going on you know you do the best now to is, try and make sure everything's good
0: tie, now is the time to truly listen yeah um, and just try like and just try to be better and yeah the one thing that I think is is super important in this process is to not get arrogant or angry when you're checked. On that you're not, you know, you're not as aware of of the changing world as you can be. This comes back to, like, um, what we were kind of talking about, like, you know, it's okay for, like, things in the game to change. It forces you to kind of reassess and reevaluate. It's, like, things in the world are changing, you know, like, You have to
1: be open to that change, you know? Right, Life is change. (laughs) Pro Zinch, I know Pro Ziench had, but life is change, man. You gotta you gotta roll with it and don't get stuck in the past. Yeah, right. it's it's that's what's right. most important at that point.
0: Right, right, all right. So so uh, back to Ko here. Um, yeah. So we got kind of like a little bit of a brief history on on Ko. Um, yeah. They basically said fuck it, we're we're gonna build spaceships. Uh, the world explode. The world that was explodes. They they they're partying, living it up. Does it mention what they did during like the time of myth?
1: Not much, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of it's just they're building out their mercantile system. It started out with one skyport. It kind of expanded off of that to the multiple skyports within built into the council. Uh, and then the high council is the one that comes up with the different uh, guidelines and rules. And then dependent on how how much your skyport brings to. The, the fold of the Dwarden race, you get more representation in the the, the High Council. So, like, a Barak or Baz, for instance, is the market city. They have – that's where uh, – uh, no, that's not – Barak Nar is Brock Grunkson. Barak Nar has the most representation. They get the most amount of delegates, so to speak, to the High Council – uh, and then uh, Barrack Thring, which is the traditionalist aspect of it, which is kind of interesting, they will always have at least one representation uh, representative to the council to, to oversee they, rules and guidelines.
0: Even tonight. if they get small, they they, they maintained like a, a strong sort of controlling aspect.
1: They're the they're the smallest of the, of the skyport, so to speak, but due to tradition and since they are a traditionalist, Skyport, and they wrote they the rules wrote, to favor
0: themselves a little bit, like a little, little of that going on. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. The
1: rules are interesting in game too. They're the ones that can take uh, any and race races allies. So I made a fun ass list with uh, Truck and uh, uh, Celestin Prime. I did a Celestent Prime a conversion time. and made him into a uh, a dwarf. I made the avatar of Grungni. Mm-hmm. So I did the two avatars basically, and that's by my Thring list. Right on. Makes right
0: it on. interesting. Right on. So, man, I, I imagine you're you're kind of like um, me with death. Like you do that with with um, with dwarves a little bit, where I'm like, I want all of the death. Uh, I'm gonna run all the flavors of it. Um, Let's see what happens. Except for flesh eater courts. Um, one day. I one day. Play flesh eater one day. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I, I don't. Okay. I don't dislike flesh eater courts. I view them like like a like a like the younger sibling. Um,
1: so, the fluff behind them is really interesting. Do you I look love in their the fluff. fluff
0: I, 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 I mean, you're about to educate Carrion me. I, fantastic. I'm sorry, what was that?
1: Uh, what the Carrion about? King.
0: Okay, go on. Expl- the uh, Carrion
1: King, really interesting. Just that He was the most well-liked, interesting, like beautiful looking of all the ba- vampires, and then Gash was like, no, fuck you, we're going to make you bad, and just made him look like a, a monster, and that's what ended up turning into the Flesh Eater Chords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how a lot of that lore ends up being like the reason there isn't Bretonians in AOS is they turned into the flesh eater Chords.
0: Right. Yeah. This is this is practically can, canonical at this point because of all the iconography yeah. on their like endless spells and stuff like that. Um, I'm for it. I think their lore and their flavor is some of the coolest. Um, Absolutely. Their models are blank slates though. You you have to put in the work, and I'm not that level of hobbyist yet because I would really love to like get some old Britonian models. And like, like basically gene splice them with like ghouls and stuff. So
1: it's funny you say that. I uh, for a hobby project we did in Baseball work gamers. We did I don't know if you guys know the the four warlords thing that uh, the Games Workshop Warhammer community does. It's like four different writers. They build a, a an army, and each week it's like you get a, each each month. You increase the points value. So it's like, oh, for the what? first month, you build 500 points worth of stuff.
0: <laughs> An escalation league, right? Like a- yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I did that with Flesh Eater Quartz, but I did it based off of Bretonian models. Mm. So I actually converted uh, uh, each of the Bretonian Pegasi into uh, Flares. Right. So I made a half Bretonian, half Flesh Eater Quartz army.
0: Mars, you're speaking my language there with Diablo's Necromancer. I. Oh, see, I want, I have a conversation with, uh, uh GDead, one of, uh, one of, one of the, uh, chat gangers here, uh, rather frequently about how, like, I really want basically two things, death, to finish, like, what I truly love. Like, first off, if it should be in Castlevania, a game, it should be a death, it should be a death army, right? Like, that's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, if it's, if it's in Castlevania, it should, it should be in death. Um, but, uh, they've done a good job of, like, appeasing me, uh, for the most part, uh, it's like Game Game's Workshop is listening to me or something. Uh, I'm kidding. They're not. They. they I, I told you your podcast is important. No, no, I'm kidding. No, they've never seen it, a single episode, um, and nobody there has. Uh, no, but like, um, like uh, um, one of the one of the sort of like incomplete puzzle pieces for me is like the the Di- like full Diablo necromancer. Like yeah. go full like. Um, we have elements of it. Like crematorians have like the corpse explosion vibe. We have we certainly have necromancers, but I want to see like yeah, but a no necromancer one, don't with think OBR
1: is playing anything other than Petrifex Elite. Let's well, be not, honest.
0: Yeah, well, I uh, uh, agree to disagree. Um, nobody really? on top I tables. Yes, pl- to see
1: someone play something other than Petrifex.
0: Uh, I've played Stellarch Lords a couple times, like really personally. Yeah, like. Run and charge is God. really, really good, especially when our greatest weakness is being slow. Um, True. Don't get me wrong. Plus one save is like really, really good, but yeah. um the the rend is the thing that pushes Petrovics elite over the, like I think out of bounds. It's not that they're too defensive; it's that they're they're too offensive while being too defensive. While
1: being defensive, you yeah. you would
0: forgive how defensive they are if they didn't also like slap shit. Yeah. Um, our main
1: joke on the O and five podcast is is. The, the best way to beat OBR is not charge them from the front.
0: It's true, though. Like, uh, yeah. charge a flank. Like, don't let them get as much coverage as they want to get. Mortal wound them and rend them to death. Um, yeah. It, it's it. They're not, a, a like, a hard puzzle to solve, but people just refuse to it because they cross their arms, They go. This thing is broken. They cross their arms. They grumble and they don't want to try. I don't like it. Yeah, Yeah. I don't like it. Eh, I can't beat it. It's unbeatable. It's got a sixty percent win rate. Well, well, like I'd imagine, part of that's the intimidation factor. If you've already
1: win rate because you're going into it, the thought that you're going to lose, and then you're not actually trying to figure out how to beat
0: them. Guess what? Me, a person with a competitive lean, is going to do. I'm going to use your intimidation against you. I'm going to tell you how to beat me. But I know I'm like I know you've already beaten yourself and I'm just going to pr- I'm just going to press like I'm just going to oh, press yeah. forward and close the trap. There's I don't
1: something have- about the psychology of the first two turns. Yeah. Where you do something that just destroys someone mentally to such a degree that they can't play the rest of the game correctly. Well, and I feel like that's something that KO does actually very
0: well. Yeah. Well, that's part of it is like if you show up and you, like the the extreme version of it is Nagash. You kill an eight hundred eighty point model, I think I'm out of the game, right? Like that was that was the first lesson I had to learn playing against Clown Car in its heyday. Is if they do kill my Nagash, and trust me, L O N especially and and pre uh, pre book death is such a house of cards with its yep. hero units. Corn 2, though. Like there are armies out there that just need their heroes more than others. Um, yeah. Like there just are. Um it's a reality of like the synergistic built game we have, we currently have now. This is just the, the trend in in our game. Uh less value or less value in battalions because a lot of that's been moved into our enclaves or sub-factions. Uh, so, like, it's not about who's got the best battalions anymore so much. Like, uh, it's not about who has the best single war scrolls anymore. It's about the force multiplication. So, when you kill... Like, yeah. I know, I know. What happens to me mentally when you kill my Nagash ter- like, top of turn one or bottom of... Like, top of turn two because you got the double. I know what happens yeah. to me. I check out from the game. I have to actively and consciously decide to not do that anymore. I had to work on that by getting my yes. ass kicked. <laughs> like I had to just because there's no way to like plan for getting punched in the mouth or what's the Tyson phrase? Like everyone's got to plan until they get punched in the face. Like yep, you got oh and, and, trust me.
1: And it's not just death. You take an L'Oreal turn one with a KO army against Sylvaneth. They have no idea what to do. Or even a city's army that runs Sylvania. Well, and
0: and 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 I'm not going to say that things aren't things that aren't good shouldn't be, or things that aren't too good shouldn't be addressed. I'm not saying that like um, I, I I conceded the point like Elite probably shouldn't be as offensive as it as it is. Right? Um, a lazy change would be make their Ren thing cost two cost two RDP instead of one. Right? Like yeah. there's simple changes you can make. That don't hit the rest of the armies, because like you said, you don't see Ivory Host. You're not going no. to, it's terrible. Um, you don't really see Null Myriad, you don't really see like Stalyarch Lords, you don't really see Mortis Praetorians. If you hit them on points, you've hit all these other armies you already don't see.
1: I'm going to be honest with you, I had no idea what you were talking about with those other armies, because never seen them other than Petrifax.
0: No, um, um... We didn't even know what
1: the names of them were. My,
0: my buddy Kyle plays Null Myriad, so, like, we see Null Myriad, like... Wow. Uh, in, in a, yeah. More power to him. Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing, is, like, um... Heywo's got a really good advice, kind of, uh, bit on, like, you know, I want to play OCR Bone Reapers, but everyone's making fun of the army right now. Well, make fun of the... Like pick up the word that you hear them saying that they don't like which is Petrifex Elite just avoid that and play OBR you don't do fun. that yeah. yeah just don't do that
1: crematorium I think crematorium would be fun as shit
0: oh yeah corpse explosion necromancers the whole thing that got us on this on this tangent um, yeah corpse explosion necromancers like it's hell yeah let's go um, yeah. this is what happens I found out this is what happens when I go away from rant cast for a week I come back with all the rants just in the chamber I'm just ready oh, to go I'm
1: so happy I'm on this episode <laughs>
0: Like, I just want to talk about everything that I haven't gotten oh. to talk about for the last like week. Um
1: I'm the king of the rabbit hole, man. We're never going to keep on track.
0: Right, right. Nah, this is I, you know this is the best episode. <laughs> Yo, you want to
1: talk you want to talk conspiracy theories? 100%. Did um, you watch guy. the Chuck
0: Moore episode?
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um Which can I say Chuck Moore is a goddamn inspiration. Because out of all of us nerds that play Warhammer and sit on our ass and paint, that motherfucker goes out and lifts weights.
0: He did for a, um... First off, he's crushed... He he can he can kick your ass on the table wearing high heels, which is, like, dude, uh, massive respect. Um, dude, half-stray? Seriously. <laughs> but he, uh... He did uh he did for the uh, the Adepticon at home weekend, right? Mm-hmm. He did squats and painted an entire like liberator or something like that. I'm just like, I can't do squats, <laughs> like or paint a liberator in that short period of time. He got it to three color no. standard.
1: Now I still give out. <laughs> like... I, know, I know I know my I know, I know my weaknesses. I've gone to Planet Fitness in like three months. I can't do shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, no, Chuck Moore. Not on the adoption uh, on my like adoption like list though. As much as a sweethearted like just a uh, general awesome person, but he sure. he's the person I talked to, and I'm like we would have been complete friends in high school type thing. And like yeah, now we're friends that. as adults, but it's like I just I like when you meet someone, you're like oh like his he loves Final Fantasy eight, and I love Final Fantasy seven. I'm like the conversations we'd have had, like
1: that's interesting. That's you a- know,
0: he likes Final Fantasy eight. That's an interesting. It's the the interesting. P- it's the interesting pick, be- but it's the best '80s movie you've ever played. Yeah, it's just we're a- all friends, and we we
1: grew up in the same high school, kindergarten,
0: high school, same, kindergarten, the, high same, school we, same kindergarten.
1: We met each other in high school. Uh, hot take, hot take. I still think one of the best early Final Fantasies is Nine. I don't give a shit. Nine,
0: nine. That is, is the, the hottest game? take ever. Dude, love it. Oh no, we can't be friends anymore, man. Dude, this is Vivi, this is it. Come this on is it. now. Yeah, Vivi's Vivi, character I progression. Didn't... Vivi's character progression is, I don't have a soul. Eh, that's the whole character.
1: Oh, and 100%. then sometimes,
0: and then sometimes he trips and is and like it's cute. I'm like, yeah. like you have no soul. You're like, and it's just, oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't want that, though. I don't want that, though. The only I one who has a good a character game. Amaranth's story is, you beat me up, I'll join you, but one day I'm going to try to beat you up. Never tries oh, to beat yeah. you up. That's Amaranth's backstory. Like, that's his whole character arc. Tactics... That's why I like the Tales games, man. you ever play the Tales games? Tales of Symphonia, Tales oh, of... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Those are
1: I good. played Those the are one good.
0: for GameCube like that that sort of re-release for GameCube and I have one Gymkhornia. for my, I have yeah. one for my for my Dreamcast. I don't know which one I have for my yeah. Dreamcast. Um, Jesus
1: Christ, you have a Dreamcast? Hell
0: yeah, best system ever made. Next like right. yes, PS2 are is is objectively the best one, but the Dreamcast would have been the best if uh if we silly Americans had actually purchased it, but it was too advanced for us. We just uh, so No, you can caliber. burn CDRs and play them. It's amazing. It really was a home arcade. Finally, it really was. And like we just, we weren't good enough. So we many weren't. So
1: shitty games
0: though. We weren't. Why did they do it. We weren't ready for it. No. We just weren't ready for it. It's got gauntlet, gauntlet legends with the uh, with the, uh, oh. the the dark uh, conspiracy like expansion or whatever like built into it. Just got the jester to go ready to go on the hidden levels. Like it was, it was too good for us. No, I do think PS2 is the best. But it would have been yeah.
1: Dreamcast. See, but... I'm an Xbox nerd, though. I'm yeah. an Xbox nerd, 100.
0: So, so
1: we're we're like, doing I this... like PS2. Don't get me wrong. I like PS2. But eventually, I got away from Japan and came back to America. Oh, is that it. what it
0: is? Yeah, it's um, about America. Um, America. You're gonna... Yeah, you're America. Me? No, I. Um, <laughs> I no, I. I actually think the console wars is one of like the dumbest things ever because of nerd tribalism. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like it's fun to joke about. Just like a lot of the stuff we kind of like. I feel like I got to give people the tongue-in-cheek warning. We're like, this is this is banter. Like, um, yeah. I I owned an Xbox and a PS2 at the same time. Um, not because I was rich. It's because gaming is what I did, and I sacrificed everything to have them. Right, oh, dude. Same here. So it's like, um, I like I I got to play Jet Set Radio Future, which is yeah. pretty maximum Japan, by the way hundred oh, <laughs> percent! Like
1: hundred percent. That, that
0: game is is like is is like super Japan, and it's on the like Merico one. Understand the concept of love, damn right, Frank. Yeah. Like, some of y'all ain't understanding the concept of love. I can tell. You know, <laughs> I can tell some of you y'all. Know if there's
1: one thing, if there's one thing that this episode is about, of Redcast, mm. it's love. Yeah, that's right. This that's dwarf right. episode is about love. Eat it, you fucking elf bitches.
0: Oh, it's so mean. He just flips instantly. Love it. All right. Um, but no, man, how do we get on this? Oh, Final Fantasy. I don't, know. So, I don't so, even
1: know where this came from. So
0: Tactics and 7 are like my two are my two favorite, and it goes back and forth. You want to like on-
1: Tactics? You want to like Tactics? Let me cut in. I like it's got a shitty ending. What? The dude dies. Come on, man. Does he, though? If- and this much time with this dude. He better fucking
0: survive. Really? Uh, yeah! I, I'm going to blow your mind here. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII? Squall dies at the end of Final Fantasy VIII. Kind of, but not no, really. No, no, he dies. Nah. They never show him. In the, in, like, after... He doesn't make it. And, <sighs> and then it's just them together, like, remembering him.
1: I mean I'm not a final fantasy 8 guide. So like like Final Fantasy 7 was the shit. But Final Fantasy IX was fantastic. It was great. <laughs> it was everything I wanted it to but be. But no, I'm it was um... happy. There was no sadness. It wasn't like it was a big plot and shit. It yeah. was just like well, I... some
0: dudes doing shit. I I get why you liked it cuz it was like the it was like kind of um a very what do I say? It
1: wasn't serious.
0: It didn't take itself too seriously. The way like yeah. that era of, of Final Fantasy was getting really edgy, I suppose. I'm going to plug my
1: laptop in just so I don't no, you're back do out.
0: Six greater good. than seven. Oh, Joanna, you're breaking my heart. Um, oh, I, what's I matter? Uh, What'd you do? No, I like, um, I like... Like I said, I go back and forth on whether I like seven or tactics more, depending on which one I played more recently. Uh, six is great. And this this sort of tribalism is fun for 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 like conversations, but yeah. what folks need to six recognize... six is
1: fantastic.
0: It, it I mean they're all great games. If you if any one of them resonated with you, then awesome. I don't feel yeah. the need like I used to when I was like a kid that I had to assert that the game I liked was better than the game you liked, and if you don't like the Is there game,
1: dominance on them?
0: Yeah, like, I, <laughs> the game I like is the best game to like, and if you don't like my game, then you're dumb. I don't feel that, like, drive anymore. If
1: you like Final Fantasy VII, you're a piece of shit.
0: Yeah. You like Kafka as a villain too much? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a bad problem. I'm big she fan wants a of- good villain! I didn't like the Kafka's the worst villain out of nowhere thing. Like, that was like, okay...
1: It was neat. It was it. It was Final Fantasy meets the Joker. That's all it
0: was. was well, no a laugh.
1: It. Whoop 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 whoop. Yeah.
0: Whoop, the... whoop. Yeah. yeah. That laugh. Uh, the Ooh. opera scene, legit as heck, though. Absolutely. He poisoned that town. <laughs> hey, Nash. How's it going? Um, I can't see
1: posting. Is anyone doing anything fun? Let's
0: talk about X Death turning into a splinter. The greatest of all items. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't give a shit. Knights of the Round, best summon.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Zodiac was pretty pretty righteous too.
1: Zodiac was pretty sick.
0: Yeah. Knights
1: of the Round. I remember I enjoyed it because I'd cast it and then I'd go and make lunch, and then have something to eat and come back and be like, okay, cool. Let Knights of the Round, done.
0: Yeah, or if you had like Mime Knights of the Round and like triple cast or yeah. whatever, so just like going off over and over and over again. Yeah. You go make a sandwich. That is joy that kids these days will never Never know. understand. <laughs> like, they'll never know. Never understand.
1: <laughs> but, even, in, even with the remake, there's no damn way in hell some dumb shit at Sony is going to be like, let's have a 20 minute cutscene for a summon.
0: And then just like. No one's going to do that. Oh, man. like But the first time, do you remember? Like, you had to watch the cutscene summon every time. Really? It was the coolest thing. You're just like, oh, don't watch this thing
1: dude i have so, so so real talk i have obsessive compulsive disorder i felt like i needed to watch the cutscene or else i wasn't gonna beat the boss
0: oh yeah i can see. I that. gotta watch your shit
1: this is amazing
0: right on yeah 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 it's got a it's got a spike um so uh back to ko everybody thanks for Jesus Christ, what are
1: talking about, about.
0: <laughs> fine <laughs> uh final fantasy and stuff um mm uh why we got to wait, like a year to get remake 7 on a different platform ah uh, i don't because sony's Dude, exclusive remake's deal. been coming out
1: for years like ever since advent children they talked about remake so like it's been more than a year mm-hmm. and the fact they did they only did disc 1 whatever well they
0: didn't even really do all of disc 1 they just did to win. no
1: no no cuz you don't even beat yuffie yet
0: right um, they remixed some stuff I don't want to spoiler it for people Final Fantasy 7 Remake is my great fear when I heard it was a real thing and not just a rumor was that they weren't making it for me like a, a fan who grew up with it I owned a, I owned the discs for Final Fantasy 7 and my own memory card before I owned a Playstation because I traded literal comic books and Magic the Gathering cards to my local comic book store because he had a small one case with used games One case. And I I traded him for store credit to get the copy of Final Fantasy VII. Which he had, like, right away. He had it, like, that week it came out. Okay? So, like, somebody just... I'm guessing someone got it for their kid and they just, like, didn't care. Something like that. Like, there's no way. But for me, it felt like Destiny. And so I traded him a bunch of stuff and I got it. And then I went to Kmart and I bought a Memorex. Not even on brand. Wow. I bought a Memorex and it never erased my files which was the the they had the the it still had it had my Castlevania saves on it. It had my uh Soikoden saves on it. It had uh it had my Bushido Blade saves on it. It had my Resident Evil saves on it. Um, no th- that shit. was that was the card man. That was like the that was the main one. As I got older and I got like the good ones like but that Memorex card was like the one. Um but yeah, I I had 7 uh, before I had a system and then when I would go to my friend's house who had one I would play it or my uncle's house I would play it. Um, I was indoctrinated. I was there. That was I had played Final Fantasy four and Mystic Quest were I played one of the NES. Didn't like it. I loved Crystalis and Zelda. I like the more adventury style ones. I like I, I just like they never I loved Mega Man, Castlevania. I loved more of the adventure style game on the in my NES phase. Uh, SNES is when I started getting into RPGs. Like, pretty hardcore. And so Mystic Quest. I will hype Mystic Quest. I know it's not technically a Final Fantasy, but I'm a big fan. Um, it's a good game! You can kill the bas- bad guy with the healing spell!
1: Look, best RPG ever. I'm gonna point this out. Yeah. I'm, gonna ca- I'm gonna call this. It's not Final Fantasy. Chrono Trigger.
0: And not Cross. Oh, yeah. Trigger, not of course. Cross. Yeah, of trigger. Course. Trigger, yeah. Um, First one. Ugh. Oh. I mean it's got like, 12 different endings. It's cool. Like I like it's cool. Loved it. Decent soundtrack.
1: You um, want to know you want to know what you, the first time I actually uh felt depression in my life was uh playing oh, no. Final Fantasy VII without a memory card the entire day and then dying to the fight with uh Rufus hmm. on on the Shinra Tower. The- that was my first interaction with depression in my life
0: i i i had depression a long time <laughs> <Like> my, <laughs> my mom's bipolar and i i've got all Ooh. kinds of yeah i've got all kinds of issues but the first time i felt heartbreak was lunar yeah. the silver star story when galleon steals your girl that was i was like, son no! of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like because when i was at that age where like i really did project like into the video games and like I've yeah. I've gotten I've gotten better now. Everybody, I'm not that like weird thinks the friends that, as a thing guy anymore. But like I'm totally
1: cloud strife.
0: Yeah, but I was for like I renamed all the characters my names. Like I was that guy. Um, uh, the uh like Tifa was named after the 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 girl I had a crush in in uh, middle school and then into high school. Everyone, uh, the, did. the whole thing. Um, yeah. Which is yet another thing I don't think kids these days will ever understand.
1: <laughs> you can't name the characters anymore. Yeah, you can't
0: name them because all the voice acting. Um, yeah. Look, as long as Trials of Mana isn't mentioned, I'm happy. What's the, what did what about, Trials of Mana ever do to you?
1: What about Legends of Dragoon?
0: Legends of Dragoon is a fantastic game. It had the yeah. unfortunate problem of coming out at the tail end of uh, the PlayStation 1 era. So it went. it kind of underperformed. But like it was, it was. It's it's probably one of the premier uh, RPGs of all time. Like, oh yeah, it's like so, you know, it's right up there with like and two and and. Uh, that though, I think I
1: think one of the other one of the other top ones uh, in overall Tales of Symphonia, I think is one of the top tier RPGs of all time. Personally, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And and ready for this, I'm going to segue back into the dwarves. Lloyd, the main character of Tales of Symphonia, was adopted by a fucking dwarf.
0: Is that why? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that segue all the way back. It's like you have your own segue. Yeah. Nice. Nice. See, I <laughs> I was going to call um I was going to call the ON 5 podcast kind of like uh, kind of like The Office of Podcasts, where it's yes. like really it's like really irreverent and like the ti- like it's like got this like sort of like off-timing humor. And listening to to Sajil talk about it, like y'all edit in the like off kilter timing? Is that is that how I understand it? <laughs> like, I do well with someone's with either, a lot of Yeah, like like <laughs> never change. Like even as you Cut get better in. at even as you get better at editing, never change. Like don't don't you ruin that. <laughs>
1: can I just say can I just say the best compliment I've received in months is the fact that the ON5 podcast is considered the office of podcasts since The Office is arguably one of my favorite shows of really? all time.
0: Really? Cool. Yes. See, I, I I got called um, by uh, by uh, by Paul Conti on Warhammer Weekly. He said that my podcast was like the Joe Rogan podcast of AOS. And I'm like... Dude, that's why I was nervous to come on. I don't like Joe Rogan. You <laughs> so don't like, so like I, Joe Rogan? Really? So I thought I was being insulted. And no, I was just like, no. well, he, I, I don't... I can't shake his bad, his first bad stand-up thing. Like he had like one, like before he kind of came into his own as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Um yeah. I can't shake that or Fear Factor. I can't unlearn. You
1: got to understand, Joe Rogan is like the premier podcaster of podcasters. For, so for someone to say you were the Joe Rogan of AOS Cup podcasters, that puts you up there like above Honest Wargamer.
0: mmm I, I, but I'm not like, I'm just, I just, I, what, what, what my whole thing is, I love Age of Sigmar, I, but Same. I love the way Age of Sigmar like kind of connects us. And then from there, I'm like, I know we got Age and Sigmar in common, but I want to know what else. And that's, that's Rantcast and also fuck nerd tribalism because it's bullshit. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, and we like, were talking
1: about wrestling before we even came on the podcast.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I did do wrestling. Um, which is where when un- open the can of worms that is me- like all the things that become Mephisto is like an understanding of personas and entertainment, um, journalism. You know, I had one journalism class in my English lit major, so I understand journalism and broadcast, but like, I remember growing up with a, with a tape deck and I would record and it had a microphone slot so I could plug in the microphone and, course. uh, and I would record, like, songs off the radio on, like, the same cassette tape. Because, you know, I can't buy multiple. Those are, like, gold. Um, but I record, yeah. and then I would, like, come on the radio, and I would pretend to be the DJ in between the songs. And then, like, I would only record the songs that I liked. So it was just, like, Ace of Base a thousand times, because I was, like, a kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't give a shit what anyone says. Ace of Base was fantastic.
0: Dude, like, it's it holds up. It holds up. Like, I listened to um, uh, their, their, their remake of Cruel Summer, and I'm like... Oh. No. Like if you listen to the remake of Cruel Summer, then you could you go back and you want to hear the original version, and you go, okay, cool, and you learn good music.
1: Dude, don't turn around. I don't want you to see my heart breaking. That's yeah. all I gotta
0: say. <laughs> Hot take there, but I agree. <laughs> Thanks, Notch. <laughs> um and you're just pulling from the bottle now? Is that where we're at in the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah said... go I'm going to have to retitle this episode to not be the dwarf episode. by the way. It's just the rantisode at this point. It's rants within rants. Um...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kicker, thank you so much for the three-month subs enjoy all the emotes be sure to go uh go before be sure to go to spam uh rob during his stream streak at some point with all the nagash and obr uh emotes please for me i'm always at work when he streams so i don't get to like troll him um which is just yeah. man i used to so it's funny when
1: I, when I was at work when when we were able to be in the office and everything i'd plug my phone into my uh, headset instead of my laptop while i was working and i'd listen to honest war gamer and just try and, like, troll them the whole time while I'm working.
0: No, see, I, I gotta, um... What I... I have to, um, like, listen to podcasts that I can download. Oh, um, uh, and, okay. and now he does, like, the... He does, like... They do show up on, like, CastBox now, so you can, like, re-record them. But... Yeah. It's, like... There's so many of them. And I'm, like, trying to keep up on top of, like... Of, like, the local podcasts. And, and then, like, you know... Everyone's got their, like, couple of podcasts that they, like, absolutely adore. That you like, oh yeah, that like always jumps the queue. And mine is, uh, uh, you know, is last podcast on the left. I, I, um, I can't get enough of the LPN. Like, I just every, there, you're talking about conspiracy theories, and like, it's a true oh. crime podcast. Um, now I'm a skeptic by nature, um, a non believer in any of the stuff they ever talk about, but it's so much more fun to just while i'm driving in my work truck imagine for a minute that like bigfoot and shit is real when they're talking oh, about it you know or like i love
1: conspiracy theories right? everything about so them. Much,
0: it's just there's so oh. much fun and like and you almost learn a lot about like the human psychology when you look into conspiracy theories because you're Definitely. like you're like you know, for instance uh, the the tall hat man okay so wow. i have insomnia and night terrors and sleep paralysis uh, i've had them according to my my uh, my mother rip uh, like I had oh, them since I was a baby eh, whatever man it's been a long time um yeah, but still that's uh, yeah yeah sorry. I mean there's people who who have way worse and way more recent so like enough about me uh, the, the so like she said that I had them as long as she could remember and usually you grow out of them so you mentioned like you have OCD and stuff like that tends to set on late night terrors tend to set on earlier and then you grow out of them usually um, by the time you're in your your 20s you shouldn't have them anymore um, Hopefully, yeah. I'm 35 years old. Uh, the worst night terror I've ever had just happened like two weeks ago, which is why they're like fresh no in my mind. Shit. Yeah, I, uh, I, I lost my uh, in a couple private chats in Discord. I talked about it. Like I, it was one of the worst ones I've ever had. Uh, but they did an episode on what's called the Tall Hat Man. So there's mm-hmm. this uh, a very, very common. There's a, there's actually a Netflix special on this too. Uh, the this this Tall Hat Man is like this common night terror that everybody has. Um, so they see this, this tall, looming figure in their doorway that leans in and he's, it's often wearing a tall hat. Its features are washed away except for like a gaping mouth and, the, and these gaping eyes. Um, and uh, this is like a, a very, very common one. People across cultures, across time, have reported the same phenomenon. Now, if you know anything about night terrors, you know that what happen, what's happening essentially is in your state of what's called hypervigilance. So our, our, yeah. our lizard brains that in the caveman days would try to, like, we'd always be a little bit awake in case giant tigers came to try to eat us and stuff. Um, yeah. They they were always trying to pick up shapes and stuff like that. But our brains are really, really, really bad at, like, drawing faces. Um, this is why, like, eyewitness sketches and stuff are, like, they're just not to be believed. Um, it's, not so, it's, not, it's not
1: considered good evidence in court.
0: Right, right. Like, we're just, we're terrible at faces. Like, in fact, we're now learning about consciousness that our brain essentially, like, extrapolates, so, like, stuff that's in my peripheral right now. I've yep. seen my room a bunch of times, so my brain is, just has placeholder information to tell me what's what's sitting over here. It's, it's not actually... Blind. It's not currently rendering it. It says, I know there's a blind here, so, like, boom, you're going to perceive a blind. Um, So this, this tall face guy is essentially, like, combining these things that we traditionally fear and the fact that we're terrible at drawing faces. And so, like, you understand that, but then it's also kind of cool to be like, what if there is like some sweet tall hat dude that's just like the Baba Duke is just running around tormenting everybody,
1: like Slenderman.
0: Well, Slend- yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a whole <laughs> another thing.
0: But, but, I, uh... yeah, Baba Duke. Has, <laughs> um, but I, I've actually never had this night terror. I've had several. I've never had this one, and so like I find it ultra fascinating. So I like, like listening to the podcast all day and then I, I have to go do research when I get home. I'm like, what the crap, man? Like that Yeah,
1: after you did research, did you have that that night terror no. with the tall hat? Yeah. No, I really like,
0: and I won't watch the, the Netflix special because I know it's gonna imprint and then I'm gonna yeah. f- fucking see it. You'll have it. Right? Yeah. Like and so like I'm like I can't I can't see it because then it will imprint on my imagination, my, my subconscious, and then my brain will just draw it because that's what's happening is, uh, you know, what yeah. my brain was twisting into, like, heinous night terrors the night I, I talked about that got us on this tangent was the ceiling fan. So I had the ceiling fan going and it, and the way it was, like, kind of cutting the, the light from off our street and, and casting a shadow off to the side. I saw, yeah. like, essentially three ghosts on my ceiling, um, monster ghost things. Uh, fighting in this spiral, and like one of them was trying to stop the other one from coming down and attacking me, and then this third one, while those two were distracted, showed up in my corner and started coming at me, and I started kicking and screaming, like literally.
1: What I find it interesting with anything like that, it's always in groups of three.
0: Sometimes I with my night terrors, not always. Like um, usually, it's like uh, uh, shadows, darkness, demons, monsters. Like almost always, yeah. Um, and usually, like one thing. Um, I have had the occasion where I fall asleep and I have like a regular nightmare and then I wake up to my sleep paralysis and I'm having a night terror and I fall asleep to my regular nightmare and I'm just like in and out of like, it's like sleep is torture for me. It's the worst, Uh, which is why I will be running a mental health charity marathon next month on July 25th. It's a 27 hour stream. The best use of my insomnia to date, all proceeds donated during that stream will go to Mental Health America. Boom. Can Bug. I, can I just say, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I would
1: love to, uh, uh, like if I can help out with that at all, I yeah. 100% on board. I'll post whatever necessary just because mental health is ver- something very personal to me because I have actual clinical obsessive-convulsive divor- disorder. Mm-hmm. So, like, the it, it's very important. It's something that, that too much has gone by the wayside. And, Especially within the Warhammer community, you see a lot of people that have this degree of mental health or something that needs to be assisted with. And I, I think it's a great thing.
0: I, 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 it's, it's close to me. Um, I did, uh, uh, I did a, out of just spontaneously. I grew up in a biracial family, so I did a Black Lives Matter charity drive just on Twitter. You know, nothing. Yeah. Um, just to start collecting box. You know, kind of like I'm not.
1: I saw that. I'm yeah. not
0: grandstanding with it. I'm just like, hey, no. donate, you get the thing, right? Like, I'm not, because in this time especially, I don't feel like, hey, boring white guy says a bunch of stuff about racism on the internet. Listen to him. No, listen to other people that yeah. that, that, that have lived it. I mean, I've got a unique perspective from from my family growing up, yeah. you know, two black brothers, a black stepdad and stuff like that. But, like, I still, I talk about it all the time, like, the hate crimes weren't visited on me. It was on my brother. I get to cross the street. I could have crossed the street mm-hmm. and he would have been the victim and I'd have just been a bystander. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah,
1: it, you, know, it, you it, see someone you love and that individual is treated unfairly in comparison to what you do. And yeah. and I totally get that. Yeah. My, my my wife and I, we grew up in a very uh, I posted it on Twitter a while ago, but uh, my wife and I grew up in a very a town with a very dark past, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm and and thankfully a lot of that town's trying to do better and we we walked in a black lives matter march involved in a a silent protest
0: with your masks hopefully
1: (laughs) yeah fully masked masked. trust me no no my wife has enough medical issues we definitely masked it out yeah um but you see a lot of that stuff and then you see individuals that have to go through this all the time and and you know, at, at at some point in time, it's got to be enough. You know, right. we, the war gaming community, yeah, we're a small nerd aspect, but we can make a big difference. And I, I think in so. I think personal so. Personal opinion.
0: I mean, we we spend like like if anyone has a disposable income to change the world, it's it's nerds. It uh um, We've been we've been out spending you on cardboard, plastic, and uh, and cartridges since the dawn of time. Like, mm. <laughs> um. No, the entertainment dollars is, is valuable for mental health. I'm not going to shame anybody. Look, uh, little no. l- any little bit can help any of these causes. Um, but no, I'm doing mental health because this is something like, yeah, I, again, I mentioned that growing up in the biracial family, my brother was the victim, not me. I've struggled with my mental health my whole life, though, and so that feels something, not, I wouldn't say more personal, but I feel like more authority on? I, I don't know. It's hard to hard to. Describe.
1: You have a personal interaction with regards to that. Like, yeah. you have personal... aspects to that you have experiences and that's what's important right
0: and so and i do think that in the in the wargaming community um you have a a high density of 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 gamers that are essentially uh veterans um you know Mm -hmm. they they have their share of mental mental health disorders and struggles whether it's ptsd or or they come back with night terrors too like you know this this stuff happens um and then you have marginalized individuals Right, it's just it's like a fifty-fifty split of veterans and marginalized individuals who escaped their marginalized existences to go play games where they got to be yeah. equal or better or cooler or whatever it was, whatever their projection or escape was. And so you just and I- that's why I think
1: it's it's so important to set up or get involved with something like a gaming club. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you're gonna find so many individuals that are gonna be there for you that. Yeah, we just want to play games, but it's a social interaction, and it's something for someone with PTSD, someone that's been been you know hiding away from all the social injustice and bullshit they've had to deal with. I mean, someone in our group escape is a, a refugee from a country that you know was treated like bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be able. That's where gaming groups. And, and tabletop wargaming, this is where it comes into play, where it's not just some place where you can throw down dice. It's someplace where you can interact with another individual, and it's not like a video game. I, that's where I think tabletop wargaming is so much more important than a standard video game, because you're sitting at a table with another human being. And yet, you're playing a game, but you're also learning about that person over the next hour, two hours. You're making a connection with another individual, and it's something that's so lost in our society. And what causes so many indifferences and issues and and prejudices is the fact that you don't know the person next to you. And Wargaming makes it so that you get to sit down, play a game in a fantasy environment, and converse with this person. That may have nothing to do with you, but you can connect on the level of rolling dice and playing with fantasy figures and plastic toys. And you can connect and talk. And I now I know that this person, whatever their background is, is a good person. And someone that I can connect with. And hopefully, they feel comfortable.
0: Right. And I, I think, like, gaming... Um, I, I love my video games. You know, I love yeah. them. Um but i feel like um it, it, like tabletop gaming this goes for rpgs too especially when you're like classically around a the table there's a little bit more of a personal experience like when yeah. i play it doesn't matter if it's like league of legends or like um, you know if if i play like a you know overwatch or whatever it is like that feels yeah. like a very a personal connection even if in the co-op sense like cuz like the game is The real time of everything, like you're playing the game in the real time, and like you, you don't really have a chance. Yeah, you can have a conversation, but like you really don't. You focus on the game, and your and most of your vernacular is is around the game. With yeah, with Age of Sigmar, that social interaction is throughout. Um, Yeah, and more than social contract. Right, right, and I and I think it goes deeper than that because you know why I think the hobby is so great is your army is essentially an extension of your personality. Yeah. Um, in in many respects um you know like even if you're like the meta chaser who like wants to always play the best stuff like i what what have you conveyed to me is like is that you have a personal drive towards excellence and i respect that yeah. too like and so like you so people who are like oh i don't have an army that's my favorite i just play with twins i go you've already told me about yourself and and yeah. and i'm not gonna again this is why i don't shame that kind of play
1: uh, you can learn a lot about a person based off of-
0: yeah, you can, and because there's a personal element to what army someone chooses, how they paint, like, oh, like, no, I just threw three color standard on it. Okay, cool. Or I really thought about this purple here because I fucking love Prince and purple's the best color, so it's gonna be in every one of my armies, right? Like, whatever it is, like, you, you have these like personal connections uh, th- that that like are in purple is best color. That's right, Frank. Um, you have these personal like connections that you that you put into your army, and then, like, you're, you're really sort of putting yourself on the table. And yeah. I think that that's... It's like cooking and and wargaming are, like, those two things where, like, you're putting your personality forward and exchanging yeah. it with somebody.
1: Um, that's why I say, you know what, never turn down a game. Even if it's something where you know you're walking into it, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Never turn down a game. If it's someone that says, you know what, I spent the past few months coming up with new rules for this army because I love them. Mm Yeah. Is it okay if I test them out against you? I had a game against a guy that was running community rules for Tomb Kings in Age of Sigmar. Yeah. Is it okay if I play them? Yeah. Because you know what? I still get to have that social interaction with a person that has a a true connection with something with that army. And, And even if I get my ass stomped in, at the very least... Maybe made that first person feel good, and I now have a personal connection with that individual, and that's what this tabletop game should be about. Yeah, having yeah. a personal connection with another individual and saying, "I understand where you're coming from. You understand where I'm coming from. Let's play a
0: game." Right, and and then you have the framework of a system or rules for a game that for with people with social anxiety or or or. You know, just like you know, it doesn't need to be full-blown social anxiety to just like be a little bit awkward or, or have a hard time communicating with someone. You have a oh, yeah. you have a, 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 f- a framework of a game to, to socially interact around, so like you can, um, you know, kind of begin to be social with a, with another player. We have to I talk. Mean, yeah. We have to talk about our game, right? Yeah. Um, they've done studies, and it's been pointed at D and D specifically. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to see them uh, for, like, wargaming and other, like, even board games and stuff. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, where, like, essentially, like, uh, folks on the spectrum, like, l- like become better acclimated to social interaction, something that they tend to struggle with, um, through D&D because it basically puts rules to social interaction, and their brains are really great at systems and rules and stuff, but, like, the nuance of, like, communication and sociality, nonverbal it's communication, scary. like, they don't have that, right? Like, they, they can... Yeah. They're th- right? And, uh, I actually had, uh, Dr. Nick True on my show. He's he's on the spectrum. He's what used to be termed as Asperger's, but they kind of did away with Asperger's as, like, a... Uh, as a According to him, as, as a, um, as, like, a one of the... Categories, so, yeah. so so like he yeah. he talked about it a little bit and how like you know he, he can like handle like he's, he just really obsesses over like a couple things, at, like as part of his his that's um, like his thing yeah. yeah right like he just obsesses over, and like Age of Sigmar is one of them and so like he he's been able to like like he doesn't understand why you're like why you're like at a at a first level and this is kind of paraphrasing him so sorry sorry Doctor True um but he he basically said like I don't. He's like I don't understand why you're why you're offended. Like I yes. but like I can quantify that you're offended based on like a history of being like, "Oh, this person looks like a person who is offended." Like he, like he 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 can he can learn that eventually. And so like when he That's first me. he he didn't like he was talking about like rules and stuff like that, like with the rules of the game, he's like, "No, the rule plays this way." And like he did he he had a hard time or not a hard time, but he had to like adjust. Like, "Oh, like yeah, rules, good, but, you know, like, and, like, picking up this stuff. And, like, if you talk to Dr. Tree, he's one of, like, the most intelligent people I have. But, like, again, spectrum disorder, it, it, it's, yeah. it's a wide spectrum, and it comes with its own caveats of, of like, anxiety, uh, uh, of, of essentially social and emotional issues, right? Like, so,
1: mm-hmm. I, I'm i not going to pretend it's,
0: to be a psychologist myself or not. Oh, doctor. no, no, no.
1: A few years ago, we, uh, Sean and I actually both, and a couple other guys, went to a tournament that was a a... a Charity tournament for it was called Save Against Fear, and it was built around um, children from abusive families that have used wargaming in order to get past the the social trauma and the the physical trauma that they've gone through with their family. And I think more of that needs to be necessary for, in order to get to where we need to be. And I think wargaming is such an amazing thing that allows us to individuals that normally wouldn't be social and wouldn't be in their prime, you know, in their prime in a social environment, it allows them to be social. It allows them to be outside of their norm. And I think that's a great thing. Um, Basement gamers to kind of go back to our club. We've tried multiple times to do certain charities, different things. And one of the greatest things personally that I uh, uh, was, we were involved with was uh we did a charity tournament for uh, uh, an organization called Laurel House, which was for abused women. Uh, and it was all given towards them. And And wargaming as a whole is something that I think can bring social issues to the front. I think it's more important than what a lot of people give it to. You could Because you have a social interaction, you have a social contract with another individual to say, you know, over the next hour, hour and a half, two hours... We're gonna talk, we're gonna play, we're gonna move our little models around. This is someone I have no idea who it is, but it forces me in a situation that I have to interact with this individual. And I think many other situations you don't have that. It also- I think where wargaming is, it's such a degree that like you can get that kind of bonus interaction.
0: Well it, it also I mean it also does operate as a little bit of a safe space if you are. Uh, if you do struggle with social interaction, because you can stick to just the game if that's your yeah. comfort level. Right. And and as you're around a community, it, you know, over time, you can learn to come. I don't want to use the term come out your shell, but you can like sort of like go to oh, go a little beyond come out of your shell. Right. OK. Yeah.
1: As, so, I mean, as someone personally who was and, and those that know me, we can talk about Sean, the president of the basement wargamers i was a very close this is your one of your this is your
0: one of your co-pilots for for your show right yes yes yes
1: my my co-host of basement war of uh uh, the and 5 podcast president of basement wargamers he knows me for years i was an individual that didn't want to interact with anyone wargaming allowed me the courage to be able to talk to other people and i think that's something that's missed a lot out there of the benefits behind wargaming yeah you are forced to talk to another human being, someone who you might have never talked to ever in your life. Yeah. And and that's what I've come to see with our club. I'm, I mean, we're seeing individuals, and that's why I can say, honestly, if you're not in a wargaming club, start one up or join one mm-hmm. because it's going to get you interactions with people you may have never talked to once in your life. Yeah. And now, I mean, there's pers- there's people that I probably would have never talked to before. That I feel are family, mm-hmm. and that's the most important thing of wargaming. We have a community that can actually build a familial bond, bond amongst yeah. each other. Yeah, no. And no. It, dwarves have a very familial bond. <laughs> you know? it's,
0: yeah, it's very dwarf-like.
1: Try and you wrap it back into it. You talk about the dwarf episode. I gotta try and wrap it back yeah, into it. No,
0: no, no. It's good. Yeah, you didn't have least...
1: shit in the elf episode, this, did you? Exactly. This...
0: This, this is all about dwarves. You see, everything we've talked about here has just been a metaphor for for chaos.
1: Why dwarves are better.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was, right. You know uh, what?
1: When you talk about elves, you talk about pretty things that are great on contact and great on the surface, but not a lot down below. When you talk about dwarves, you're talking about the soul.
0: Yeah, that's what it is, right? <laughs> classic rant cast it all returns to nothing <laughs> thanks frank <laughs> it all loops back and and joanna here says uh aos and D and D nerds are typically some of the best people i've had interactions with and being respected in literally every interaction i've had so far has been great and i think that's well, like the the studies for D D uh talk a lot about empathy um mm-hmm. and like that's a big thing like a big quality of like, role-playing games is, like, you're, you're basically pretending to be somebody else, right? You're, you're Yeah. And when you pretend to be somebody else, like, that's what empathy is, is the ability to think about other people and how they feel yeah. about things, right? And, so and, to... and and feel
1: things from a different aspect. Right. Like, like, I will never personally know the struggles that some individuals out there go through, but at least through D&D and, and, and Warhammer, I can kind of get a piece of it a small piece and understand like this is a person that's come from a different background that's breaking an army just the same as I did and we're both gonna roll dice the same way. Right. I mean I, I would I would question any individual, any any clansman that's a piece of shit that's out there that doesn't understand the other side of the, the of the puzzle. Play a fucking war game once.
0: Oh I'm sure any some of them do. <laughs> <first war> game, <laughs> they play four games they're never K gonna again.
1: have those feelings again. They're never going to have those feelings
0: again. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, that stuff's deeply indoctrinated and ingrained oftentimes and comes from, like, a long history of bias. And usually it's along familial lines.
1: Indoctrination can be fixed. And that's this is the the optimist in me. (laughs) Uh, Indoctrination can be fixed. And and, and growing up, uh, a close family friend of mine, and this is why I love cult shit, uh, actually was involved in... uh, in the de- de-doctrinating cult members. They'd pull them out of cults. Like, his job was literally to pull individuals out of cults oh, and man. get them back in society. It was great. I was too young to really get into good conversations with them. Yeah. But I understand it more now, and when I look at it and everything, and then you look at the stories and everything you, oh, with each Sigmar and stuff,
0: too. And
1: it's, it's great. But, like, understanding that connection with another human being.
0: Right. Well, they, there's... There's a a, a a a black journalist who who would interview and befriend Klansmen, and almost every single one of them that that he spent time with uh, like left the Klan. Uh, very, yeah. I, I'm blanking on the name. Maybe Frank, you can go ahead and look it up for me. Um, but it's education
1: but, over ignorance, man. Education over ignorance,
0: and and part of that is like if you're in. The backfire mode right you're you're defending your belief structure um you're not willing to hear someone's argument so so the backfire effect is like uh, i come at you with like facts and evidence that are contrary to what you believe what you've been indoctrinated you're going to immediately it's ingrained in our fight or flight fight or flight or or freeze it's ingrained Mm -hmm. in those in that response in us we do that psychologically in conversation as well so this is something to understand about like the human daryl davis thank you so much um so, yeah, Daryl Davis is this, this this just fantastic, like, sort of, uh, like, journal. he would go and, like, spend time amongst, like, clan members, and they would actually, like, renounce. Um, but, but like, you, you actually go into your fight-or-flight-or-freeze mode uh, in conversations, but people don't realize. And so, like, when I bombard you with my beliefs and my feelings and my information and my knowledge, you're going to fight-flight-or-freeze and what a lot of times happens is this backfire effect where you don't change your opinion you entrench in it you you yeah. we see this a lot of time in arguments on the internet especially because it's a very binary exchange in tabletop gaming it's not so binary anymore you can have a conversation without a a, a point versus b point right like where i say something in a linear and so what i say to you on the internet is directly at you and that means that whatever you say back is in opposition to me, right? That's what kind of tends to happen in internet internet debate. Um, I'd also say in like family debate because people aren't really like conversing; they're usually just like waiting for their point to like shout their line of thought back and forth at each other. They've already made up their minds.
1: It's a it's a, a bold spectrum of uh, uh, speaking patterns. Right. So I work for a company. I'm a I'm a trainer for a. Uh, uh, information security company we talk about uh different forms of communication and a bold form of communication is someone who isn't listening to the individual that's across the table from them they're just trying to come up with what's my response going to be to whatever they say so
0: yeah right right brilliant that there's terminology for it (laughs) um so when you're in a but basically when you're in like a gaming context you're not in a in that like linear pattern of back and forth in terms of the conversation you're having, your brain is opened to acquiring the information you need to continue with the game and so when you're having a a side, essentially like a a conversation within that capacity you're open to understanding each other more than if it's just that linear A-B like I at you on Twitter or we're in a family setting where I'm like, I'm not I'm going to listen to the conversation but I'm just waiting for my point to interrupt you know, like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Mega uh, Meganosh here actually has a question. Dwarfs, I hate that damn fly high y'all have. Uh, how oh, we? I love how it. We, how we killing these boats these days? He he asks.
1: I love it. So so I'll give you. Do you want tips on how to beat my army? Is that is that where we're going do you into? Wanna, do we? It's I think let, let's
0: let's answer that specific question and then we can give a little okay. bit of a. Then we can actually go through a little bit of like what the new KO looks like, yeah. right? And like what the general strats are. So we'll we'll answer this question first, and we'll get we'll ba- get back to this.
1: So how to beat out Fly High? So Fly High is an interesting aspect. If you wound them down so enough, they can't do real, Fly High.
0: Real quick, unless uh, Chat Gang isn't familiar yeah. with what Fly High is. What is fly high, real quick, and then so, and then how do we do? Fly it? high
1: allows any of the ships to basically jump out of combat or wherever they're at, and re deep strike or redeploy nine inches away from an enemy unit anywhere on the table. It's been a huge strategy I've destroyed people with. Yeah, and uh, there's and- been a lot of uh, aspects to that, so you can reduce that as that 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 piece to it, so you can still fly high. But the biggest thing is to either wound them down so they can't fly high. I think after seven wounds, they can unless you have certain uh, pieces or strategic values to those items. Then you can fly high Right. still. But uh, wound them, them down. down. And the biggest thing, and this is weird, but I'm actually going to take a, a pull from 40k, and it's blocking yourself out to fly high. If you know your opponent can fly high, it's all about taking your chaff units to block out the uh, the the units that are going to fly high so that they are far enough away that they can't hit your core unit. And that's going to be the big thing.
0: Yeah, so classic screening. Um, and then fly high can be done at any point in time. It doesn't just happen in the any combat phase. Any point in the
1: movement phase.
0: Any point in the movement phase. So if they get to the movement phase in the combat, usually they're going to be screening their boats so that, like, if you, if they're meleeing you, it's on their terms. They have thrown something into you to stop you from tagging that boat um, in melee, so then they're going to get around to their movement phase. They're going to essentially teleport. They're going to deep strike. You, you. want to
1: screw with my iron, with my ironclad that has, like, the fly high benefits? Get him into combat, and you do ten wounds to him.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Meganosh says, so is it just shoot it down? Kinda, yeah. I mean, you gotta put wounds on it. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm bringing Nagash, for instance,
1: better box him out.
0: Yeah, if you can't damage it, then you gotta, then you then you have to screen. You know, it's just like how we kind of learned the lesson of how to screen against uh, you know, evocators uh, about a full calendar year, maybe two now. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah,
1: losing all of that. I'm Every
0: all Whenever Evocators <laughs> were were uh, with Gav bombs Gav were Gav showing up, L. right? Sureheart. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. Except there's no Gavriel Sherhart thing going on. They've, they they got to be outside yeah. of that nine. So, um. They've got a charge trick but you've got to you still got to get that nine nine inches buffer and you want to make sure that essentially it's not just nine inches from like your value piece you want to have something putting nine inches between your value piece and then nine inches between where they're going to drop down so like you the
1: you've, biggest thing i can give as as advice against ko which is kind of fucked up because i'm trying to say in in positive to ko but uh you figure the main cannon which most people are going to run is 30 inches so, and that's going to be do a flat six damage. So, that's going for your characters. If you want to block out your characters, you've got to be outside of 30 inches. Beyond that, if he's got anything inside, make sure it's outside of 18 to 24 inches. Once you're outside of that threat margin, if you can box yourself out enough, you, they can't do anything. And beyond that, if you're just sitting on the objectives and, and threatening them to get in close to do attacks, you're not doing shit.
0: The chair's amazing, uh, Frank. Thank you for asking. I uh we've been going what, two, chair. two hours and oh baby, I could go another two. Um this is gonna come in handy for a twenty seven hour stream for charity. Uh Ooh. In, in one month. Yeah, exactly. Let me know
1: if you want me to hop on that uh-huh. at all. I'd be more than happy to hop yeah, in. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um just uh real quick, I've got um like, I'm going to have essentially 12 guest blocks of two hours each. About so it doesn't necessarily mean like add guest like every two hours, but like it could be like, yeah. you know, I have the whole 0 5 podcast on for two hours or whatever it ends up we
1: being. We 100% will be in at the very least, being Sean. I know July, he's going to be in J-
0: July 25th. And since only the true RantCast fans are listening two hours in, I can go ahead and spoil this. I was going to keep this under the vest. Uh, so, what's going to happen is there's going to be people have noticed these models sitting next to me. Uh, I have the KO half of the uh, Zinch box here. Yeah, so I've got one more of those. Uh, it's got all the little tokeny things. It's, like it's got the bases in there, uh, the silly flying bases. Uh, it's got the the dude in dirigible suit. Um, so that's all mm. sitting there. That's what this this stack of sprues is. Uh, I've got a bunch of Nurgle. This is practically like half a Nurgle, more than oh. half a Nurgle army. So it's two Nurgle star collecting, speculant uh some extra uh, plague. Uh, Plague Bearers. uh, It's got their uh, Lord of Blights. So since I played
1: KO and I just started Nurgle Army, I kind of want to get involved in this. Yeah, so what's going to happen?
0: So this would be like one prize, two prizes. So every block is going to have... Like, if you donate during that block, uh, you are entered in the mini raffle for any one of these. Donate any amount during that block. You could win win one of these. Uh, I'm going to have... If you're doing math, that's going to be like 12 different blocks of presents. I've got an LRL box to give away um, that that I've pre-ordered essentially. Rather, Doctor Nick True, who I just talked about uh, he pre-ordered for the show. Um, I've got another. I've got some other start collectings. A lot of stuff going on. Okay, LRL's
1: so, a piece of shit. You don't want them,
0: right? But I do have KO. <laughs> I okay. right. You uh, want the KO. Yeah, you want the KO. You want to donate during the KO block. I'll have a schedule it'll say what the donation incentives are for those hours. I'm also going to make my guests do goofy shit if we hit our donation goals every couple hours. So I think it works out to be about 80 bucks an hour. I'm trying to break a $1000. So about, if we can, can hit, it. so like if we do 80 bucks an hour, I'm going to have Chuck Moore come on and do squats and paint a model for me. Because it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, I'm going to have a guest sing karaoke with me. Like, I'm going to do different stuff like that. and then you can. So, so real
1: quick, do you want to get completely wasted and paint a model for you?
0: Yeah, there you go. The donation incentive is in. in two hours you'll get totally wasted and paint a model. Uh, I will but get then
1: then you, drunk as shit and paint a model but then for you, anyone that comes on But here. then
0: you have to give away that model. As part. Oh, of absolutely! Okay, Whatever yeah. they want. All right, perfect. Um, and uh, the big prize—if you hit a minimum threshold of donations throughout the entire 27-hour period—you're entered to win an entire Ossiric Bone Reaper's army, provided by Cubic Shenanigans. That's Dan Bears and the Lord of Death, Brendan Melnick. So, that's amazing. So that's, that's amazing. so that's what's going to happen. I've got the guys from Just Plan, uh, confirmed. Uh, to be on for a block. I'm going to talk to them. They have their own store over there. I'm probably going to just buy some stuff from them to ship to, to UK people who win. Um, so, like, I'm going to see if I, can't get, if I can't secure an LRL box from them uh, so that if you, like, win, then they'll just ship you an LRL box in, in the UK. Something I like say that. This,
1: I'm going to say this on point. If you don't try for this for an OBR army, you're a piece of shit.
0: Yeah, so Nagash has prepared an army for you if you donate to mental health. Uh, i got to work out the numbers. Um I got to work out the numbers, um, but it's it, going to make
1: you feel good. It's going to make everyone feel good. It's it's, it's a positive on but, all ends.
0: But trying to break it, we, we, I want to get above a thousand dollars in twenty seven hours. So it's it's a steep task. But I, we're going to have some awesome prizes. Um, it's July twenty fifth at ten a.m. Central to July twenty sixth one p.m. I will be staying up the whole twenty seven hours because that's the best possible thing I can do for my mental health. Um, i'm calling out
1: all basement war gamers all of you you better get on there and at least watch a little bit of it yeah so call my my, my people
0: yeah yeah so so that's what's gonna happen um i haven't hammered out all the all the guests i've got a bunch of people who want to come on um it's just a matter of arranging them arranging some of the prizes because uh basically my mortarks my patrons have been kind of donating stuff for this uh I was just going to give away a star collecting box and be happy with what what we got in 27 hours. Because this was an inside joke. This was a rant cast inside joke after I did a 7-hour rant cast with Haywo and Frank there uh, on New Year's. Uh, I accidentally had a 7-hour show. Uh, I said I would never do a 7-hour show again. Uh, but I would do a 27-hour show, show for charity. Totally different thing. Okay. It's 27. I said I wouldn't do seven-hour shows. Never said I wouldn't do a 27-hour show. Totally different thing. Um, but well, if it's, You need an
1: extra guest. I'm um, your boy. I got ra- you.
0: Oh, no, I, no. You're on the short list, man. Um, ah! But what happened was people started like donating to the cause, and so now I gotta do this well. It's not okay to just like for it to just be a silly joke. Um, I mean, it's still gonna be. There's gonna be silly jokes. Um,
1: Listen, dude, you're the Joe Rogan of AOS. Uh, I
0: don't. I don't I, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm. 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 I'm posting that. Yeah. I was interviewed on the Joe Rogan of AOS
0: podcast. I. I just want to be the Mephisto of AOS Podcast. I'm happy with ah. that, man. Um. <laughs> Live
1: up to your potential, man. You got
0: this. Yeah. So. So. Um, so that's gonna be uh, July. July 25th again uh, I took off Monday so I can recover uh, I already put in for my paid time off so I've got that that secured um, <laughs> Joe Rogan is the Mephisto of Normie podcast thanks Frank <laughs> <laughs> um, boom yeah I just clapped <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna spike our uh, thing so yeah um, uh, but since only 10 people have heard that uh, I can still make my big announcement later um,
1: cool. <laughs> so what do you want to know about KO? Yeah. So what I want to I know, know about KO. Yeah. So KO
0: general uh, general list build. So you the way KO works is you get your like you get your gold coin right. You get some aether gold yeah. across the army. Um, take us through like the sort of general. You don't have to go like allegiance ability to allegiance ability. This isn't a battle tome review. Just like the general standouts of like hey this is what Absolutely. KO does right now.
1: I'm gonna pull up my list real quick. The big thing is uh, basically you g- end up getting free triumphs. Mm-hmm. And I like Barack Arbaz because typically when you spend your triumph, you lose a leadership point. Uh, with Barack Arbaz, you don't lose that leadership point, plus you get bonus uh, uh, triumphs. And even before this happened, I used to try and lower my points so I could get a bonus triumph. So it worked out really well. Um, I think the Endromaster Master Indirgible is fantastic, especially the Fosfax Binds. Uh, the best I've done with my Fossex mines is I ended up getting 15 mortal wounds on a Sars squad that got summoned in. Um, it's a low range, but it works out really well. I like. Let me pull up my list real quick. All right. So overall, I and, like. And is the com-
0: is the community consensus that that Urbaz is the best? Like is that like people are generally on board? It,
1: it, kind of back and forth. Some people really like Thring because you can ally anything with the Dwarden keyword. So a lot of people that aren't hardcore KO fans like myself see Thring as like, oh, I can tie fire slayers in, which are top. Yeah, of the I can meta. bring some
0: Hearthguard berserkers in, right? Like, which
1: is whatever. When I've played and been successful with it, I've done our best because you're not getting a leadership boat, a uh, leadership cut. I take a unit of Arconaut Company, which, realistically, if you look at Arcanaut Company, yeah, they're not that great on their own, but it's a 4-up save unit. And it's a unit that has, A, one Skyhook, one Gatling gun, and then one sky pike. If you just think a 10-man. If something comes into there, you've got close combat options, you've got shooting options, and if you're within range of a objective... You're plus one to hit. So what I found is it's almost a trap. for Because what they'll do is like, oh, it's it's an Argonaut company, a ten-man. They're nothing. I'm going to throw my ten-man into the skeletons against it. Well, now you're facing a four-up save with a three-up to hit. And I'm going to fucking murder you yeah. if you come in close. So it's a great objective capping unit. So I usually take two to three units of Arkana Company just to cap objectives. What, what, and just to stand still there, and then I'll kill shit with my boats and shit that are jumping up, popping in wherever I need them to be, and sniping out the units. That yeah, I'm so your,
0: your riggers and thunderers are actually going out and doing work. Um,
1: I've been doing uh, uh, ranged uh, riggers, too, because since the on the riggers themselves, the skyhook is doing a flat three damage. I mean you've got a six man unit of riggers. If two of those sky hooks are hitting, you're doing six damage. Yeah. It's it's, it's doing the shit you need it to do. Right. Uh, did- and then with ender riggers, they can fix the ship on top of it. Each one of them on a four up is bonusing that that health up one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So like that ironclad is damn near indestructible. In a tournament, just for, for reference, I got hit with gorge rack. I didn't place right. I, I came too far on the side, and Gordrak came in, hit my Ironclad, mm-hmm. and he didn't do enough damage. It was just enough I was able to back out. And the fact that I could back out and drop in a unit of Thunderers is Gordrak and half his armor was gone. Right. So, th- like, like the biggest thing was KO is understanding shot priority. And, and what's weird is...
0: Target if priority, I can say- yeah, as we...
1: Anyone anyone that's coming from 40k and coming to AOS, I can only suggest KO. Because if you are coming from 40k, you wonder if stand shot priority.
0: Yeah, target priority yeah. is... is yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. So you're coming from 40k to AOS, play KO, man. It's almost the same army as you've been playing. You get your shot priority, you deep strike in, you say, okay, these are the three units that our linchpin to this opponent are going to kill those three units. Done.
0: Yeah. Well, so this is, I mean, this is where like a lot of the skill curve of KO comes in. Why I don't think people were as high on them early because this is, there's a casual way, there's always a casual way to play every army and have fun. But we so often talk about things in the competitive context as a community. It's just the way, it's the vernacular we've chosen to approach our game with. Um, I I I've made my competitively known as well. Like, but there's also sort of a practicality. It's a lot easier to say this unit is good because of its numbers than it is to say this unit is good because of its juxtaposition on its base with its right. Like the language for like why something is good based on the hobby. If we we talked about the game in ter- terms of a pure hobby context, would sound a lot different from if we talk about it in a competitive context. I'm not maligning that, by the way. I think it's, yeah. it, we must think of those other spheres of play, or other spheres of the game, but continue, yeah.
1: Oh, no, there's so. I was going to say, there's so many people that when the first KO, when the new edition of the KO book came out, said this is bullshit, there's a lot of things that don't synergize well with each other. But what's weird is when you have things that don't synergize well, that means you have so many units that are able to interact on their own without needing something else for assistance. And I think that's what a lot of old-school KO par- players miss out
0: on. Well, they You've want their, their three Aether, Aether Chemists, like, triple buffing their three blocks the, of...
1: They took, they took the Aether chemist and the Skyhook, which were the, 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 the baseline staples. of any KO unit, because yep. that's what all I ran, yep. and then they dumbed them down. And you either either build off of that or you don't. Yep. And that's what the big thing is. And what I did, since I love the group, I love the army, I'm like, you know what, fuck this. I get to run gun haulers now. Gun haulers, arguably for their price, are one of the best units in this game, and I'll stand by it. Because well, you can deep strike in, you can fire a fucking cannon at anything.
0: Yeah, your support character's gone. You name a, yeah, you name a fucking target later B Blood Secretor. Yeah, just later blood secrator. That's like the yeah. uh, later alligator uh, AOS version there. You you can keep that. Y'all can take that. Yeah. Um no, it's it's the so so there's I um I looked at the army when it, I'm not a KO player. We've talked about yeah. like I'm only coming around to dwarves recently. Thank you for helping me come come all the way around here. Um, I got you <laughs> But like Ah-ha. my my read on the book was like why what am I not seeing? That's making some of my friends, whose opinions I truly respect, uh, like why are we not on the same page with this? Because I'm I'm looking at this book and I go, finally something other than Arcanaut Company are good, and your boats are good. Isn't that what you've always wanted? Is like good boats and things that aren't Ark and, and to play yeah yeah. You see, oh, yeah. yeah. you see, is but I have a very simplistic view of it.
1: Oh yeah, well you see, people that detract against us are KO players that are so stuck. And, oh, well, if I just run as many skyhooks as possible, I'll win. Mm. Maybe. Or I'll lose, but whatever. This new book makes every unit in that army feasible. Mm. Up until this book, I never ran a gun Mm. Never. They were useless. For the points allotment, completely bullshit. This game, once it's been integrated into the new book... I run two to three gun haulers every game, every single game.
0: I think the other part of it is 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 the it lost some it lost. It's weird because I feel like there's a dichotomy of it lost some casual appeal in that mm-hmm. it's a higher skill. I think it's a higher skill floor now. Like yeah. you, 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 it's a harder
1: army to play. It's which, a harder you know army what, to
0: play. Sorry, I look
1: at it this way: if you're not a, a dwarf player at heart, you don't deserve KO. <laughs>
0: Shots fired, um. But no, like that's the thing is, like I feel like it lost some casual appeal and that it got like a higher skill floor, um. But then it also gained casual appeal because woo boats, right? Like, and so. But what that did is, you have two points of derision now. That that would have split the fan base because you now yeah. have those those two things. I mean, if I'm and, at and casuals, a
1: if the, I'm looking at a high level tournament, I'm gonna run three and two, and I'm gonna be happy with that. Because this isn't an army that's like, oh, Zinch, way to go. I get to win everything because I get all the spells. That's not what this game is about. I love this army. Mm-hmm. And if I can go three and two with them, I should be happy.
0: What's on the so so you're talk you're you're a proponent of this as the fat middle army, this this Vincent Torella War, uh, Warhammer Weekly concept, right?
2: Uh-huh.
0: What about people who think there's a toxic element of like it really does just like drop and pop and like wins the game
1: it doesn't that's the sad part um if you can work your way around deep re-deep striking basically all you need to know it is it, it's a little simple tips from the 40k community if you know how to screen out your shit well, you can fuck over a KO army. See, I, I've got this. Is, so many people don't know how to screen their important shit that I'm able to read deep strike and say that's the thing I want. That's dead. Yeah. Well, if you can't learn how to screen, you can't play against KO.
0: Okay, so learn to screen, right? Like you're telling yeah. people to get good a little bit. No, I like it. Uh, I have this. I have this hypothesis that armies come out and they teach us new lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the meta, like prior to Gav bomb. We didn't understand chaff really. Like, no. um, Now, it's like you look at. We're learning a different chaff technique because, like, before it's like, oh, I chaff at deployment. Like, I I screen at deployment, and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. Right? Like, that was the lesson people learned from Gav Bomb. But, like, that was an incomplete lesson. And now, KO is telling you. You have to be mindful of your screens at all times. And what it's really yeah. telling is you have to be mindful of screening objectives because if your stuff isn't fighting on objectives, if you're not playing the table, if I it had... doesn't
1: mean anything.
0: Right. If you're
1: if you're not playing the objectives, you're not playing the game. Yeah. And that's the biggest important thing right. I could say, but I just
0: And and my so so I feel like the previous edition... I'm not Sig- a little drunk, I'm sorry. No, you're, you're, you're slurring and spitting a little bit, but I wouldn't have it any other way on Rantcast. Um, the, uh... The, uh... The, uh... Sorry. The previous edition was teaching you kind of, like, the fundamentals. You know, we, yeah. got a, we got 12 pages of rules, fundamentals, blah blah blah. Like, it was teaching you that. And I feel like this most recent iteration of Age of Sigmar, the armies are all reinforcing play the table. Every one of these yeah. armies... Is, get the objectives. That's the game. Right. It's so, not a kill point. game. You,
1: you, that's what people don't understand.
0: So like, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna twisty this. So y'all are about to drink here. Osirian Bone Reapers were a tank, uh, like a tank and spank army that said, the only way to beat us is on the table, because yeah. in straight up combat, I will fucking kill you and not lose a model. That was. I can
1: tell was- you right now. Every game I've played against with my KO against Ozark Bone Reapers, I was not able to outkill them, and you're never going to be able to.
0: But have you beat them? The only way,
1: I have. The <laughs> only way you do that, you grab the fucking objectives,
0: and, and, and that's so, why I think
1: AOS is better than Forty K because I think it's sort of objective-driven I, game I driven. like
0: I like that you can lose to the model in Age of Sigmar and still win the game. I love yeah. that you can get tabled and win the game in Age of Sigmar because you get
2: wiped.
0: because of like it's the class it's 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 if the whole thing is mythic fantasy based on myths how often does the Greek mythic hero complete the heroic objective but die or lose in the end right look Tons, at, it's, look it's a, it's at a the concept. Odyssey look yeah. at everything
1: Homer has ever wrote
0: right and and. And just even like the basic pop culture reference that everyone that's become ubiquitous now, which is the Battle of Thermopylae, as three hundred the, the movie made, like the three hundred soldiers die, but they hold off the one but they hold hold off the invading Persian army long enough to where the rest of the Spartans and the Greeks and the Athenians like all rally and can fight back. Like right which, to they, be
1: honest, I love that fucking movie.
0: I haven't seen it since the initial. Like, I saw it in theaters, and I haven't. Seen, seen it I've seen it so many
1: times in theaters. My wife loves it because it's a bunch of uh greased up, really like fucking stacked dudes, and I love it for the combat. But you know, yeah, it's what it is.
0: But but the uh, I mean it 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 did some really cool camera stuff early. Like it did what the Ma- yeah. it, the Matrix did the same thing, right? The Matrix had some really cool cinematography, and then people ripped it off ad nauseum. And, like, it lost its magic. 300 did the same thing. It had, like, some really cool, really cool cinematography. And then they tried
1: doing the Watchmen. Watchmen kind of worked. And then everything after that that Zack Snyder did was bullshit.
0: Well, Zack Snyder is a really, really good music video maker. And so if he's just making a movie that is a music video, it's awesome. Amazing! Right? And 300 is a music video. That soundtrack is never not playing. Um... <laughs> Hot take amazing. is terrible, but the rift tracks audio makes it amazing. Fair enough. Um, fair enough, Nash. Um, no, so so I like the objectives game, and and I think on one hand, I understand the opinion that you're, it's not fun to just play the objectives. I'm just here to like push my models forward and fight. I I. Fucking get that mentality, man. That's not the
1: game, though.
0: I get the mentality. I do. I really I don't.
1: Do. I don't. You know what it is? I'm gonna fight that.
0: Okay. All right.
1: I you... think that mentality is an old, old, old wargaming mentality. If you look at the people that are like the old school people, like the the old the old heads, the, the old, old boys, beards,
0: as they're effectively yeah. called, yeah,
1: that play in this hobby, they're the uh, they're the ones that are like, oh, I just push your shit in and I win that's not the game hmm. the game is like anything did i get the objective did i not yeah and that's what the game needs to be about
0: well i i love objective play i'm just saying Same. i i i get the perspective which is why um you know my defense of Petrifex elite uh i know because i'm like then play the table if you don't like losing to pushing your models at me and dying then play the table because i can't cover four objectives at the same time i can't be on all of them i physically my army is incapable of it stuff is too expensive and um, that's
1: our big joke on the on five podcast oh you're playing petrapex did you charge him from the front well then you fucked up
0: then you're dead yeah you lost yeah. you played my game i want to, if i had an ability that says stand still and your opponent charges you i would take that ability if I could spend R- time. If I could spend an RDP to make you charge me, I freaking would spend that. Hundred percent. I'm still yeah. dipping. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. speed kills, man. Um, movement wins, says Maroc Wolf. Who's number one? But we get why we get why Soren's not uh not uh doing the Mad Lad thing. I told him to cool down on that stuff anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um that's a spicy meatball. I'm going full dwarf
1: and getting, like, ridiculously drunk, dude. Well,
0: this is why it's the dwarf episode here. Uh, I got to get mm. back to work finishing cleaning. Right on, dude. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, thanks for hanging out, Michael. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I like that you-, you touch on, like, hey, if you're coming over for 40k, because I think uh, building bridges to other games, this goes back to fuck yeah. tribalism, uh, building bridges I to other 40K. games, I-, I make fun of 40k, but, like, if you're trying to get people to come to 40K where our community is way sweeter than theirs, um, hey,
1: 100%. Play,
0: play play dwarves. I like came
1: this. from 40K. I was a, uh, I, I, I joined tabletop wargaming through a, 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 a domestic terrorism. That was basically it. My, my, I, I tell the story all the time, but I got into tabletop wargaming through domestic terrorism. We had a bomb threat in our high school. We got set out in the uh, football field, and then Sean and his twin brother and a guy I knew basically told me the background of 40K, and I was hooked from there on.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I I played 40K, like I said, intermittently, but uh, this is so weird. I write sci-fi, or what I call, like, fantastical fiction, as in it's usually modern set, or modern and slightly in the future, and then I just, like take something and I make it weird or crazy or go go to like some some sort of 11 somewhere in my stories so I write fantastical fiction I don't write fantasy anymore so much uh, I used to but I like grew out of fantasy but I love the fantasy setting in games almost over like why I love riffs drink um, water milk or beer uh, why I love riffs so much is because riffs is a is like is like it's so far in the future. It's, it's like... Oh, man. Um, I didn't mean you. I meant chat gang. Um, what? It's so far in the future that, like, some of the... You can play a game that's, like, all, like... All, like, train heists and, like, gunslingers and stuff like that. Because, like, it's... It, like, it's after the apocalypse and there's all these, like, rifted in realities and stuff. But, like, you can yeah. also have, like, swords and dragons and shit. Like, so I like fantasy themes so much. But usually... When I'm telling a story, I'm trying to tell something more modern, right? You said drink in front of a dwarf player. What did you expect? Touché, Joanna. Touché. <laughs> Thank you, Joanna. You're my she, new
1: favorite person.
0: She gets it. She, well, she's... Joanna and Frank are, like, the progenitors of, of Dude, Chat Gang. like more I power did, to them, man. I didn't make Chat Gang. Frank and Joanna made Chat Gang. With a little nod from Max from, from Germany who pops in here every now and then because he's the original Yo, subscriber.
1: Frank and Joanna, can I just say Fantastic people. He I might don't even know been, you. He Love might you.
0: have he might have coined the phrase chat gang, because chat gang ain't nothing to fuck with. But It's but, like Wu Tang. Yeah, it is. It is like Wu Tang. Weird. How that weird. Um mm. Um but Joanna, it was like it was just you and Frank in conversations, you and Frank and me and like when I was streaming to like nobody it was, it was just us and, and that's really where that that originated um like I didn't make chat gang chat gang created itself
1: <laughs> Dude, can I ask you a question yes, sir. I'm ask you a- wow a- people a- asking a- me a question, question on
0: my show crazy town what's going on
1: how'd you make your shit so integrated into the public what do you like mean? how did you get out there what do you mean so many people love you guys how did you do it <sighs>
0: Um, like anything, like anything, like nobody gets anywhere. I I I, fuck, I fucking hate the lie of the self-made, the self-made person. I fucking the Gary
1: hate that. Vanichuk, the like,
0: uh... what's that?
1: the look,
0: Gary Vaynerchuk Yeah, like pull yourself up by the bootstraps and make yourself into something like yeah. uh, look at look at this success story of this refugee who moved to America and made and made it. And then it's like, "Oh, or look at all these refugees in cages. For every one of those success stories, there's literally millions that didn't succeed." And not because they didn't work hard and stuff. It's, it's luck. luck. It part of its luck. Part of its legitimately luck. Uh, the right people paid attention to me at the right time. Like, part of it's luck. Uh, Haywo, uh, being friends with Haywo, who himself is hyper-talented, and he made the, uh, the Stormcast meme video, and which, like, sprung him to stardom. Like, and then, like, having Haywo on my show, and, like, it, so, like, part of it's that. Like, I happen to know a guy, right? Part of it was just doing it constantly. <laughs> like, like, I've got 54 episodes in less than a year because I record more than one episode, you know, um... More than one episode. It's like so. Just doing it as part of it is like you have to do it. You got to put yourself out there. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask
1: you. I'm gonna ask you. But you, let me let me, ask ask let me finish this real
0: quick. Let me finish this real quick, and then and then that. the The point is, I, I I'm trying to say is like I had people. <laughs> I had people. Yeah. I had people to help me get here. I I had chat gang to talk to when I was just streaming to nobody with no questions from chat with no like i had joanna and frank just joanna and frank asking me questions all night having a conversation yeah, it wasn't the cast of like you know we have 20 20 to 30 people that rotate through a show ask their questions you know they'll watch the vod later um but they get their question off so on and so forth like like that wasn't the that wasn't the reality in those first i don't know 20 episodes <laughs> like but but i had people yeah, Joanna's like I literally got here from Haywell. Yeah, yeah. So like the first twenty to twenty-five. Thanks, Joanna. Uh, <laughs> thank, thank, Yeah, the first half was just you bombing on stage. Um, it's there's a Malcolm Gladwell uh, has this quote about if you do anything, you you don't become an expert until you do something for ten thousand hours. When you do something for ten thousand hours, then you, then you have. Then you are an expert. Then you have succeeded. You know new- what's interesting?
1: You see a lot of parallels between us in the podcasting industry and uh, 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 comedians that are yes. trying to get well known in well, you open mics and everything oh, like yeah. that.
0: Oh yeah, there's. I mean, Jack Jack from Rerolling Ones would be someone fantastic to talk about that exact same subject because he was a he was a comedy grinder. Um But you know, he yeah. grind being a comedy grinder and wanting to have a family. It, they like they're just not conducive to each other um so we'll you had, call an you out, had
1: another I'm gonna call you out while you're on here I'm call you out will you come on the own five podcast with me and sean and mike
0: of course man of course 100 percent. yeah yeah anytime dude i love like uh, this is dumb i felt like i've talked a lot this episode but like i don't usually get to i'm not on the other side of the questions that much I'm usually the one asking the questions and so it's a really cool dynamic when I get to like answer questions. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I'm I'm down I'm down for it. I cut you off from a previous you question though. It's yeah.
1: What was the previous question?
0: Uh, I cut you off when I was I'm talking. too
1: drunk to understand yeah. what's going no. on right now.
0: <laughs> Pop, That's
1: just dwarf.
0: I was the the uh, LB Shower listening to you both talk me up. <laughs> you were in the shower. Uh, I think your fingers were a little bit wet because that communication in the shower. There we go. That makes way more sense.
1: Oh, my fingers are always wet.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No. Never a dwarf on your podcast after hours. Uh, (laughs) Oh, gods. (laughs) I'm here,
2: boys.
0: Yeah. That's all
2: you got.
0: Uh, Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. uh, There we go. Um... So, um... so can I tell you a story? Yeah, can that's... I tell you a story? Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so, so, in many circumstances, my name is end up being Cannonball, right?
0: I'm sorry, what?
1: Cannonball.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: On Twitter, the reason behind that is there's a tournament in Ocean City, Maryland. It's run by his name Scott Wainwright. He runs Shorehammer. He's a writer for Battle of Lost Souls awesome guy Uh, apparently the first year I went there I killed an entire bottle of cannon blast before the third round of the AOS tournament I beat him in the third round and then we had like a, a like a lore trivia night I ended up winning that I don't remember it because I was drunk as shit and and i was drinking cannon blast all night and so this dude goes hey you're gonna do karaoke i'm like yeah i'm drunk as shit and i don't give a shit oh, he God. goes you're gonna do the darkness do you remember like, the darkness
2: remember this is the thing, called... a thing called of... love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what it was
1: yeah, so yeah. I said, Fuck it, i'm gonna do it so i sang that at karaoke and then I, he goes you're the fucking cannonball dude. Is fucking crazy. So that's how I ended up getting my uh, moniker, yeah. cannonball.
0: That's funny. That's funny. I do um, but not cannon blast, cannonball, specifically. Oh yes, yeah. yes. Okay, important. Um, I uh, I am never allowed to karaoke Roxanne because my falsetto is way too extreme. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: Do that, it, yeah.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Do it on the podcast.
0: Is that do the, it on the podcast? No, oh, the charity marathon. That's that's. What Come it's on, karaoke-ing? do it, do yeah, it. I, I yeah, because it gets shrill. It's like ah, it? like it's it's like I I, I am go. like it's like if if like a Saturday Night Live person pretended to be somebody karaokeing the song. Oh. Like it's really bad. Like, but uh, all right. I gotta be honest,
1: I'm drunk as shit. I gotta take a piss. You okay if I walk away for a second, take a piss? I
0: usually do. Go ahead. John, I'll (laughs) be back. Chat gang, how's it going tonight? Hmm. Soren says, I wanted to go to several tournaments this year, but I'm not going to be able to do much at all. Pretty much no more tournaments for me. Wow, this is totally a Dwarven show. Thank you, Grimmslacker. We didn't talk, we're not talking so much about, we're not talking so much about KO as we are we're not talking so much about dwarves as we are embodying dwarves right now, I think. <laughs> like, like. I'm sorry if you thought we were going to talk, like, Tactica and lore and, like, units and stuff. Uh, I, I feel like I've, mis, I've, I've misled you. Uh, what you're getting here is what it would be like to be currently sitting in a room with two dwarves who just met each other. <laughs> talk about my thoughts on Luminath Leak's. I've got a great hot take for y'all. Here we go. Um, isn't it really, really interesting how every army that comes out is supposed to ruin the game of Age of Sigmar? And yet, the game of Age of Sigmar remains unruined? It's fucking crazy. Um, like, like I just... it's It's so weird to me that every time a new book comes out, some fucking person somewhere... Is like, oh, this one's gonna ruin the game of Age of Sigmar. It's ruining the game of Age of Sigmar, and yet here we are. Like, life is finally starting to come back. We're we're starting to get back to playing with our friends and our close knit circles. Um, I know TTS has been going on, sure, but like, we're we're starting to do that social aspect of AOS that I that we spent a long time talking about tonight. That I personally play for myself, um, and and it's it's not ruined. What, what's ruined it is reality, like uh, a, a apocalyptic virus sweeping the countries across the across the world, but the new army is just, like, they don't, it's so weird. Meth, it was ruined by the Skaven book, remember? Yeah, you're right, yeah, Skaven ruined the game first... And, Yo, then it never, the and then it never recovered, and then Flesh Courts ruined the game, and it never got better. And then Slaanesh ruined the game, and it never got better. And then Petrifex Elite, not Osiric Bone Reapers, right? But Petrafex Elite ruined the game of Age of Sigmar, and it never got better. And then Zeench were just currently ruining the game of Age of Sigmar, and it never got better. And if you've been in isolation lately, Seraphon have been ruining the game of Age of Sigmar uh, on Tabletop Simulator... Um cool. uh and very shortly uh Lumineth Realm Lords will ruin the game of Age of Sigmar. So like Are we gonna talk
1: about Tabletop Simulator?
0: No, I no, is I I, I think it's worthy. That's the thing is like I don't want to get lumped in with like with with shitting on TTS because I think there's some very bad opinions from people who just purely shit on tabletop simulator. It nice. is a worthy tool. It is a great, great Stopgap and use of your time right now. If you just need to play Age of Sigmar in some capacity, and you 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 you're immunocompromised, uh, you're high risk, or hell, you live in the middle of fucking nowhere, it is a wonderful tool. It's great for playtesting. But like as I expressed to you throughout this episode, the social aspect of Age of Sigmar is such a worthy aspect of it that is lost in translation. It's like the difference between, like, online poker and, like, physical poker. When I'm playing you in physical poker, I'm playing an entirely different game than, and I know because I won $20 once at a, like, at, 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 like, penny poker, so, like, get fucked. That would have been, like, a million dollars if it was a real game of poker. Um, no, like, I know what I'm talking about, I'm an expert here, but, like, there's that the social and mental and physical aspect of those games, oh, I'd be down for some strip AOS with you, Frank, any day, buddy. As long as our spouses were okay with it. As long as our, our, our partners were okay with it. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I just... It 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 bothers me that every time a new army comes out, it's like, this is ruining the game of Age of Sigmar. Now, that's not to say, Zinch was pushed to shit. It was the most out-of-bounds army I've seen in a very long time. The only Absolutely. thing, the only thing that my brain can go to for the feeling I felt when Zinch came out is Flesh Eater Courts initially. Because remember, yeah, Slanesh was really, really dominant too. But like, and even by the numbers was like kind of more dominant. But Flesh Eater Courts was like the first time I had personally like smacked into the wall of something that oppressive, right? Like that I personally like had been like, ah, uh. yeah, I played against Clown Car. You know, which was really oppressive for my army, but it wasn't the same feeling. Flesh Eater Courts was that first time of like, um, where I ha- I was in the community. I had a Twitter account and I talked to people online a lot and and on TGA a lot more than I, I played games. Uh, like I was just starting to go to tournaments and then boom, this this Flesh Eater Courts thing. Like, it's that right there was the first time I remember that. And, and Zinch was the next time I've experienced that. But, like, things don't stay out of bounds forever. And sometimes something that you perceive as, like, busted or broken when you're just reading it on paper, like, ends up not being that bad. Like, it, like, like sometimes they're just not... The doom and gloom, doomsaying thing just it doesn't track. Sometimes it's something benign you didn't expect. Remember when... I'm going to have to go ahead and mute him. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, Doggo must need to go out or something. That mutes me. (laughs) I can't mute him. I don't know. All right, we'll do this real quick. Y'all can still hear me. There we go. All right, um... When, yeah, g- remember when crematorians were gonna be the monster that they were supposed to be, and then they, they just kind of weren't, and then it was Petrifex elite instead. Like, it, like sometimes, it, like you can predict, you can predict the weather, but sometimes the thunderstorm just happens, right? Like, and sometimes you can predict the weather and grab a fucking umbrella. Like, it, it's it's worthy to think about this stuff and theory craft and prepare yourself. Yeah, I remember that Maw Tribes is total shit, but it's not. Yeah, in fact, like, uh, yeah, it's actually a ton of fun, and and um, driving monster trucks is the way to play it right now. So, even though Haywo was, like, upset at all the missed opportunities in the book, and he's somebody whose opinion I defer to on Maw Tribes, just like I'll defer to, I'm an expert of my death armies. Like, I'm, like I consider myself an expert. I play them a lot. Uh, I can learn armies really well and become an expert on them, but when it gets right down to it, you know... I'm going to defer to, like, other people I feel, like, are experts on their armies, too. And, like, when Haywo had his opinions on that book, and I'm, like, talking to him, just like KO right now, I'm like, like, I know how I'd run that army, and I know how I, what I would do to try to beat it, but, like, I'm going to defer to somebody else talking about how great KO is. You know, like, or bad for that matter. But you, the picture is incomplete. And it certainly doesn't ruin the game, because even the out-of-bounds stuff doesn't stay out-of-bounds. Slonesh had a really long reign. And I think part of that is because people gave up trying to even solve the puzzle on Slonesh. Yeah, and fear is just, like, not my jam. But, like, Slonesh, like... Well, what was the joke? Kill, the, Just kill the heroes? Right? Like, just kill the heroes actually, that was all not the way to beat that army. Killing the heroes gives them depravity. You could break the chain by killing their battle line. One hero's not going to outscore you. It could delete everything in your army forever, but that's why you just have it fight something useless away from the objective. Yeah. Put, put it outside of four inches or six inches if they're in the battalion, and just say, you're either going to have to charge this or go around it. Yeah, you'll fucking delete it, But, like, you're not on the objectives. And, like, everyone's telling you shoot the heroes, and you're, like, you're just feeding that chain of depravity. So I think people gave up on solving the Slanesh problem and just, like, waited for GW to solve it. Which, again, GW's got to fix some of their fucking shit. But, like, waiting for them to fix it and just giving up in the meantime is no way to approach a game that you're supposed to play and have fun. And yeah, There's the hottest take I have for y'all. Welcome back, buddy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, bud.
0: Um. Mm. But yeah, my hot take on LRL began uh, in there somewhere. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think LRL is going to. Uh, uh, they're ruin, not going to change. They're the not going to ruin the game. No, I change the meta is is true. Like every new army has the potential to change the meta. Okay. Yeah. like especially a 100% brand new army. I think the likelihood of a 100 IDK changed the meta. Yeah. You know, sacrosanct Chamber changed the meta even if we don't like remember it, but because like ultimately Stormcast Eternal's book is viewed as bad and everything like that now. But Sacrosanct... brand new armies have a tendency to change the meta. They just yeah. do. No they, what. they it's a wheel. You put weight on the wheel, it rolls. That's that, the meta is just a wheel that keeps spinning and moving forward. Um but, like, it's not going to ruin the game of Age of Sigmar. No, because really I've been told for, like, three years that things will ruin the game of Age of Sigmar, and I'm still playing and I'm still fucking having a blast with this game over any other game. 100%. Like, I don't know. The the, the Doom saying thing, um, I'm over it, man. Um, I, I like to think of it as personal growth because I shit on the Ma Tribes book, too. I'm like, this game yeah. is a travesty or this book is a travesty, it's a tragedy it's a total blah like, Syl- Sylvaneth players I feel really bad for right now because I wish they got a better book and then I've got Sylvaneth players, other- what are you talking about man, I love my army and I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess you don't need my pity um, I mean, I-, I still think they could use a third book let's go, but <laughs> maybe I don't know, just rewrite Ilarial and uh, change some points I guess could do it, and rewrite Trees Rewrite trees. They get one tree and they turn the rest of the terrain into trees. Done. Um. Remember Grimgas Reapers? Pepperidge Farm remembers. (laughs) I remember them. Yeah. Yeah. They'll put everything in their pants. Yeah. The meta has been a change in. It keeps it fresh. Well, like in the in the words of Bob Dylan, the times they are a change. Right. Like games. All the time. Yeah. Sorry. Every book. Can Halahart out Magic LRL? Uh, in terms of sheer volume of spells, yes. In terms of quality of spells, maybe not. Yeah, that, that'd be the simplest way I can put it. Uh, if you're running Techless, Techless has an auto unbind, so he's going to stop the bridge or whatever your important thing is for free, uh, and then he's going to cast four spells at 10, two spells at 12, Um. And keeping in mind, Hollowheart doesn't get their bonus to unbind, so you're not stopping anything. Uh, Teclis wants to do, and then everyone in the te- everyone in the army is casting spells as well. In addition to Teclis, and Teclis has a bubble to give plus one on relatively low cast spells. And again, Hollowheart doesn't really have bonuses to unbind, so like, outcast. I would say no. Just in a in a sheer like. Like chess game of quality spells and pushing them around, but Heart still has a volume of a volume of magic it can lay down, and so yeah. I to kind of rethink how we. You're never gonna get your bridge off, by the way. Uh, like it's just not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> but uh, but like you you're gonna like you're gonna get down like your flamethrower and you're gonna get down your um you know your flamethrower and your Bailwind Vortex, you're going to do all your other tricks pretty reliably. Um, you can spike into a plus three to unbind on LRL rather reliably. Um, but, so like, it, it can, they can, it's its a advantage LRL, but like, you're going to get some spells off. So, you just, Nagash is the same way though. I'm in the same, same boat as you. Uh, none of, None of the uh the LRL players, like, troop spells are gonna go off with my Nagash on the table. Uh you won't be getting your, your empower, your sun blades, sorry, not happening. You're not gonna be exploding on fives around Nagash. Um, but I'm never gonna get spell portal, hand of dust, or my uh bone tithe shrieker off, depending on how smart the player is. So So my opponent's just gonna stop my honestly they should stop my bone tithe shrieker. They'll just auto unbind it, so I'm never gonna get that off, and then I'm just gonna like throw eight other spells on the table. Um, so like it's, I I kind of made a tweet about this. I actually really really like the point counterpoint of like so like the the spell doms that are coming into the game. Um, like, so like you have essentially the the volume of spells versus quality of spells conundrum, and so like. LRL is a quality battlefield tactician sitting back, going, "These are the four spells I need, right?" and just like doing that. And everybody else who's like a a, a great spellcasting army is just like just throwing at, like their haymakers and trying to get them to connect. And I like that. Oh yeah, like spell bottle. It looks even better now, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, um, uh, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the demon fire rift, Drake, what is it, Drake fire demon rift or whatever, like, that looks even, even sexier now in a spell bottle, doesn't it, against an army that is just all wizards? Woo, that's going to be a spicy meatball, I can't wait for it. Um, (laughs) dark fire demon rift, thank you so much, Soren. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm for that. Yeah, I I think Grotz are one of the low key mega 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 casters in the game though. Like I I actually put Spike gets up with Nagash and Zinch and uh, um and Seraphon now. Um, I think Croak is actually less desirable now that LRL's about to show up and just tell and just tell Croak no. ...to the linchpin combo. But... Yeah. I I like the... I like the... Uh, I, like the uh, I don't know, like... Endless spell spam... Uh, like... Uh, dropping the... Uh, dropping the... Uh, the you-can't-cast-good spell... On your best caster. Right? Like, putting that just... Like, having that thing chasing around Nagash... I had that thing chasing... Uh, I actually played Nathan Prescott from The Honest Wargamer just in a pickup game at Adepticon two years ago. Um, he had that fucker ca- uh, like chasing Nagash the whole game. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't unbind it because at the time. Uh, not unbind, but. Uh, I couldn't unsummon it. Dispel it because at the time. Yeah, the moon. I couldn't dispel it at the time because Nagash had no bonuses to dispel. No plus three. I just had to out, straight outcast it. I'd never outcast it, so just chased him around all game. Putting Nagash down to it. A, only a mere plus one to cast well he had a plus three to cast practically the whole game it was it was it was nuts welcome back dude oh yeah all right all hey, right man. all right you you need to embrace the wrath of chat gang can you actually see chat no oh
1: yeah i can't see chat unfortunately
0: you can't see chat but do you have a great story yeah. so that i can go use the restroom absolutely yeah the moon is useless against techless um, it is useless against Teclis, but it's not useless against the units that are trying to cast their own steroids. So that's important to know. Teclis is going to do what Teclis wants to do, but everything else is fair game. So shut that... That's what, like, Corn Corn's game plan is kill Teclis and shut down the rest of the spell casting. Oh, yeah. They're getting just as much spell buffs from their units, and they're like Stone Mage, uh, as they are anything else. So Teclis is a massive utility piece, says I win the spell phase. But like... <sighs> The rest of the stuff has the go juice in the rest of the army. Uh, I'll be right back. Tell a great story, all right? Um, so, how are Ko going to beat LRL? Have you read some of these?
1: I have, I have. I think honestly, shooting characters and you're done.
0: That's it. That's the secret. You're supposed to like pad for time while I use the restroom now.
1: That's about all I got, man.
0: Okay. Um, what's your What are your top three favorite units in Ko? And really explain really why.
1: There you go. Uh, and Ironclad, I think, is the, the, the number one because the amount of shot output that I can do is ridiculous. Uh, beyond <laughs> that, I think the Engine Master to heal the, the boat is also one of my top three to make it that much better. And then beyond that, I'm going to say Arcanaut Company because we're going to be able to set up grab the objectives, and then when they're within range of the objectives, they're getting plus one to hit. You've got all kinds of great shots all over the place. So while he's away, I'm going to uh, promote Basement War Gamers, our club. Uh, great club that we all work with. Uh, like I said, 60-plus members that are paid. Beyond that, just look us up on... Facebook, com, and you can talk with any of us at any point in time, and we'll be able to help you out with whatever you're looking for. And that's what's going to be important. So, you know. Also, listen to the uh, Five podcast. It's going to help you out a lot. Uh, we're not tactical geniuses by any beans, but uh, we're going to make you have a good time. While you're playing the game. I think that's going to be the most important thing. So. Yeah. Let me stick with this. Let's take a look at what he has here. Oh, Green Bay Packers. Terrible. Terrible. We got cheese heads. And what are these two little, like, weird... Like, like, like... I don't know. They got, like, headbands. Little stuffed animals there. What's this T mean? What's T mean on the chair? We'll st- we'll take a look at that later.
0: Hey, bud. All right. Did you keep them? Did you keep checking? Super Always. entertained. Yeah. All right. Always. All right. Perfect. Um, those it's were so a great. For me, though. Those were a great top three. Wait, you didn't get through all of them? Oh yeah,
1: we got <laughs> we got all three.
0: Perfect. Um, <laughs> real quick. Um, Real quick, uh, Grim Slacker says every KO battle report I've watched lately has them getting smoked.
1: Uh, they're not right watching the right uh, battle reports, then.
0: Which battle reports should start should,
1: battle yeah. reports with what I'm looking into? Unfortunately, there's not a lot of good KO battle reports on. I know uh, uh, for our club, we're gonna start doing battle reports as well, and I will uh, be involved in what's important for a KO battle report. And how to win, so
0: Yeah, this this chair, by the way, uh, real quick chat gang, y'all did this. Thank you. Uh some of you remember the busted ass chair I replaced. Uh that was three years of like chat gang donations to get this thing. I, I wasn't allowed to spend any of my family's money that went towards bills and my kids and stuff like that on just a stupid chair, right? Like so it had to come one hundred percent from from this. So thank y'all, chat gang, you got me here. Um, and my back, thanks you so much. <laughs> you don't think it mean, means a difference, but like, it really, like, I, how like, if you watch like those, those last few episodes on my old chair before I just used a generic office chair left in this house we bought, I was like constantly shifting and like just always readjusting. This would have like, you watch here, I've just been like, oh yeah, pretty chill. Um, nice chair. Yeah. Yo, how's the new crib? Uh, It's uh, not bad. You can see the big throw-throw burritos right here next to me. That was from a mega throw-throw burrito game we played uh, on the uh, weekend. Uh, There's issues, but it's nice to own our place. It's not something I ever thought was in the cards for me. Um, Never thought I'd own a house. Never, ever. (laughs) A fucking orphan from North Carolina whose, like, mom abandoned her kids and stuff. Yeah, I didn't think uh, home ownership was going to be my thing.
1: You're an American story.
0: Hmm. I didn't get here by myself. I had a lot of help um, to get here. Caught a bunch of breaks. Um, so, on this battle report thing, you know, we'll kind of start wrapping up here. Um, what is it that you think is holding back those KO players from winning in those in those bat reps? Without knowing the specifics, like what are some, maybe some like core units that like people should just be playing? Like what is? Like, what is the the piece of the puzzle? Like, I'm sure people are watching this episode not to just hear me prattle on about a, everything about KO. So, what are the what is the KO quintessential advice? Target <laughs> learn learn, man. learn target priority shoot the characters. It can't just be there.
1: Target priorities and bring some gun haulers into there, man. You know, I think too many are stuck in the old KO battle frame of bring as many Skyhooks as possible and hope for the best. And now it's bring some ships, see what happens.
0: Right, bring some ships, see what happens. I like that. It's a new meta, and and I need to. We, we mentioned Arknot Company before, and I just want to like kind of stick this point because I didn't get to bring it up before. Arcnot yeah. Company are probably at, one of the best keep back units in the game.
1: Hundred percent.
0: Like they're 100%. they're excellent keep back units on like back on the home objectives and stuff or like on that flank objective that you know when you deploy where like combat you know you always end up with these like lopsided deployments of like you versus the opponent you put them on the soft yeah. side perfect they're perfect right oh, there yeah. i envy ko players as a bone reaper player because i don't have anything in my army that resembles a, a keep back unit and oh, so, yeah
1: it's a good mobility
0: yeah, I have to go on the march too because I'm so slow. If I don't get in the game early, I'm not going to be in the game late. So. Oh yeah. But, all right, man. Um, last soapbox moments. Anything? Uh, anything you want to get off your chest? Any any final rants?
1: Nah, yeah, nah. I think I did about it. All I need.
0: All you need. Anything you want to put on blast? Obviously, check out O Five podcast.
1: Check out the Unified Podcast if you're interested. Check out Basement Wargamers on Facebook. We're always open to helping out new people. So from there, you know, hit us a message.
0: All right, cool. And I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a real quick <coughs> Mephisto after hours for the, all those of you still hanging out in chat. But this will do it for Rantcast uh, 54 here. The uh, Dwarf episode is probably gonna new, need a new title when it goes into a VOD format. But I'll uh. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, take the stream down for half a second. Uh, help him head to uh, head out, and then I'll I'll be back with a I'll I'll be back to answer some of your LRL questions because uh, I think I got a pretty good read on them uh, at this point. I've I've finally read some translations and saw some some screen caps and stuff like that to to start good, to, man. start to formulate an opinion. All right, man. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care, boys. Yeah, yeah. And, chat gang, once again, you are the show within the show. You're the reason we do this thing. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight and uh, enjoying that wonderful, meandering, rantiest of rant casts. But, yeah. All right, man, good night.